Crimson Tower Studios. Welcome to the Old World Podcast, the unofficial podcast for Warhammer Fantasy Roleplay and the original podcast to bring you both discussion and actual play in 4th edition. I'm one of your hosts, Lance, and tonight, as usual, I'm joined by my co-host, Steve. How you doing, Steve? Doing very, very, very well. Yourself? I'm doing all right. But we're also joined by the one and only, the, the one that we all fear when we leave the Dwarven Hold, the Lord of the Underdeep, the man that likes Age of Sigmar just a little too much for our taste. That is Nolan. How you doing, <laughs> sir? Uh, very good. Just enjoying my weekends, basically. Awesome. Awesome. Well, we got a fun show tonight, and I can't wait to, to dive in because it's a very dwarfy show. Uh, but before we get to that, let's chat, guys. What have you guys been up to lately? Any cool stuff gaming-wise? Well, I um, got into a little thing where I was like, I haven't played PlayStation in a while, so mm. I'm going to be Far Cry Primal, and I did. So check that one off the list. Okay, I just and... want to make sure. So you took the time to beat a game, and it wasn't Final Fantasy VII? <laughs> I'm hurt. Maybe. I'm hurt. I'm crying Maybe. a little right now. Maybe. But I've been a Far Cry fan since number one. I got to beat them all, and uh, I'm going to be getting the number six here soon. But Ooh. I'm going to give it a little bit of time. I need a buffer zone. Once you get into that mode of the game, once you beat it, it's break time for a little bit. Um, I also, uh, obviously, uh, Lance, you and I, we played Electric Counts. Mm -hmm. Yep. That was um, that was a lot of fun. We're going to do a, a separate bonus episode where we're going to do a review of the electric counts, Matt had uh, a second, uh, third round of playtesting, and I have another round of playtesting tonight, actually. Um, so uh, we just wanted to really get a hands around this unique product for an RPG company, right? It's a it's a card game for an RPG yeah. company. So, yep. so uh, we'll be talking about that. That'll be coming soon. I know we want to get that out. And uh, in fact. I just sent over the schedule for that um, over to Steve, so we'll get that up as soon as we can. And uh, what about you, Nolan? What have you been up to? So, uh, me and some of my friends have gotten to this board game called Villainous. Oh, yeah. Um, basically, it's a game where like you can accumulate power and you know do different actions to other the other players or to yourselves. Um, the, uh, what I like about it the most is like you're different villains from like different you know, villain movies. So I think the very first one, the first time I played uh, was uh, Prince John from the Robin Hood uh, <laughs> Disney no TV way. show with the animals and all that stuff. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and it's real fun because each of the villains have like a different objectives. It's not all, you know, get five pieces of gold and you win and everybody's the same. Uh, King, sorry, Prince John's was uh get 30 power so all his actions basically can help accumulate power uh a buddy of mine was playing jafar so he had to get the lamp and then get it to the palace and another buddy of mine was playing as radigus or sorry radigus from the uh great mouse detective if you oh, guys remember yeah. that movie yep. 
um, his was cool. You had to either get the queen robot to the palace and win, but if that failed, all you had to do was uh, beat Basil, and you would win that way. Um, so that was pretty fun. And then we played another time of it, and I was the great horned rat from the Black Cauldron, that old, <laughs> very old gem of a movie. That was um, a good one, was, though. No, I enjoyed it. I really yeah. did. Like, um, but that was that's probably been it. Uh, besides that, it's just playing some games here and there on my Steam. Nice. Uh, I haven't been doing much in the the realm of gaming, honestly, um, with the exception of Electric Counts. So Steve and I actually played a game together, and that was um, actually a lot of fun. Uh, and yeah. so uh, we enjoyed it. But uh, that's that's really been it for me. I, I really, I'm I'm trying to catch up on reading uh, the Wheel of Time. I'm uh, I'm on the final book now, and uh, oh, I, how's that possible? Yeah. How is that possible? How do you read that much? I literally spoke with you and you said you were on book 11 like a week ago. Yeah. Yeah. Like thousand pages are there. Oh, 14? there's like 14. Okay, 14. Yeah. I do have, I think, the first one on Audible. So that's how I've slowly been going at it. But how long is the Audible? Because. Yeah, each uh, book is like a thousand each, pages. Each book yeah. is like a thousand pages at almost at minimum. That? Uh, I have it on 28 my... hour audible. I, I honestly do. I think <laughs> when I saw it, that was a big thing, uh, for me because it was like, oh, this book will take you, yeah, uh, about 30 hours. <laughs> Jeez. And uh, I was like, that was like awesome. You know, 10 hours, <laughs> I work 10 hour shifts. That's three of the days done. Bam. Uh, listen to podcasts or YouTube on the last day. So that's one book. Uh, I think I'm only like four hours in and I got distracted by other things. Nice. Oh, wow. Uh, oh. Well, yeah, that's, uh, <laughs> so that's what I've been up to. So let's, let's move on to announcement and news. So this is a part of the show where we keep you up to date on Wolfrup and related news. Um, mm-hmm. so Steve, why don't you, what's the, the big one, the big one we're ready to talk about. Big one, Wolfrup, Imperial Zoo. Mm. <laughs> yes. Uh, it's a beefy book. Of course, they got the collector's edition, the standard edition. Most of us peasants will get the standard edition. <laughs> but it, it's <laughs> it's still just, man, it, it's a gem. I'm glad it's out. Um, we have the Winds of Magic uh, art reveal. Yeah, that was really, there's some cool. Did you guys see the, the fear mirror in that? The fear yeah. mirror in that? Uh, yeah. Which one was that one? That the in the art reveal, they had one of the wizards is a Femir that they put. I think in it was there. like more towards the bottom of that. Yeah. So maybe you oh, missed okay. that I may have missed something. it. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. But yeah. no, that was pretty cool. I I enjoy that book when it comes. Yeah. The Imperial Zoo is also. I can't wait to do a review on that. I know. Um, T.S. was the main writer on that, and that was really cool. But the collector's edition has that green like cover that looks like it's like an oh, golden book like a leathery mm, kind of yeah not, maybe, yep. maybe, maybe not so much but yeah yeah the olden elven kind of style yeah yeah uh, it, lo- it looks great and it's not terrible like it's 80 dollars for the the collector's edition and 40 for the standards so in, in u.s dollars yeah it's not actually too bad that's not too bad yeah it's um and uh i i expect there'll be a, lots of extra little things in it but i man the the cool artwork man there's some 
I think I, I posted out on the social media the other day, like uh, GMs, if you're if you're needing oh, yeah. if if you if your players just have too much fate, I have a book to recommend for you. <laughs> if you want a player or or a group wipe, yeah, this is your go to book. You T, TPK, here you go. <laughs> just randomly select one of the things in here. It'll take care of it. Yep. <laughs> I was gonna say when you play at two, but the football game's on at three. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yep. We're gonna make this a quick one, folks. <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh, all those years built up. <laughs> you know, so you know the the adage, right? Where it's like uh, the GM says, "Rock fall, uh, rocks yep. fall, everyone oh, dies." Oh, right? Yes. I yep. feel like I feel like TS goes like. Uh, Imperial Zoo, everyone dies. <laughs> yeah. We have uh, a change in staff every couple weeks. We like to keep fresh, fresh people employed here. Oh, <laughs> um, and hey, uh, they also had the electric counts play through video. Oh yeah, that was pretty video, cool. That's always fun to watch. And I'm pretty yeah. sure I'm not a hundred percent sure on this, but I went back and looked at the rules. I think. Dave is totally cheating in that game. He probably didn't realize it. He was drawing four cards every turn, but he was in a three-player game. So I think he should have been oh. only drawing three cards. So well, we won't tell. We won't tell. <laughs> Sorry, Dave. Had to call you out there, buddy. Hey. So they didn't notice. Hey. <laughs> it's only cheating if you get caught. It, yeah. <laughs> Uh, good stuff. So, Nolan, why don't you talk to us about some sister games? Okay. Uh, over at the Soulbound, we have uh, Champions of Destruction is right around the corner. Mm. Uh, I believe mid-March is kind of what they've been saying. So, at the time of this recording, they have artwork for basically two of the archetypes. We have the Cruel Boys and the uh, Orc Clans. Um, and I gotta say... I love the Cruel Boys so far. Um, very, going to be very sinister. Going to be probably a lot of uh, hit and run tactics yeah. that you're that you'll be doing in the in your little camp uh, campaigns. Yeah, Age of Sigmar. You get to play an orc. I mean, that's <laughs> yep. that's it's gonna that's gonna be pretty cool. I'm not gonna lie. So, uh, right, and other stuff we have. The next campaign is. Uh, being currently written, the Black and Earth should be coming out in Q2. Ulfenkarn, City at the Edge of Death, is going to be a big book. This book, from what I've heard and from what I've read that they posted, uh, will really much like kind of meld, meld uh, Age of Sigmar and like Wolfrup together. So it'll be really? Age of Sigmar, but it, like it'll be a little bit more gritty and uh, mm. so what? like it'll still be. Uh, the system is just going to be a little bit more deadly. Is from what I've so it's kind of it's, it's it's a city book though, right? Like it's a yeah, it's, it's a location. Basically, it's going to be um like I believe it's going to be like our uh, Solisman. Okay, uh, so is uh, it is what realm is that city in? Do you do you remember? It, it uh, it's in death. Really? It is, uh, okay. That's that... Yep. That would be well. I mean, if you're gonna have a gritty city in Age of Sigmar, I guess uh, and it's uh, that's the realm to do it, right? Yep, it's in Sias, and it's also Ulfenkarn is the city. Um, if people want to 
I guess if they checked it out or check out the book, uh, The Cursed City that was, mm. I guess, released not too long ago. Um, it basically that's the city that we're in, and you're basically going to have to try to take out. Uh, I believe he's called uh, Ralph Incarn the Beast. Basically, it's a vampire that has taken over the city. Spoilers. Yeah, spoilers. Spoilers. Don't uh, listen. I guess a minute before really, this, I was going to say not really spoilers since that's the whole premise of the, the game and the book. But yes, I guess spoilers. Spoiler warning after. Yep. After. Um, just rewind. Pretend we said it before. Yep. And uh, also, new virtual tabletop. Uh, Soulbound has now officially Woo! joined Foundry. So uh, I'm very much looking forward to getting that and then running my group with that. Um, Rule 20, you have been fun, but it, this was it was never going to last. We, we both <laughs> knew this was going to happen. I'm, I'm still waiting for Roll 20, for them to do an Age of Sigmar Roll 20. I really mm-hmm. think, so one of the things we found with between Foundry and Age of Sigmar, and this is my personal opinion, but like, I think Foundry is much more pretty. Um, and like, it does a lot more for you, at least when yep. I'm talking about Woofrup, right? I can't talk about anything else. But um, but Roll20 is less system intensive. So if you got like some people in your group with computers that are like really old or not very powerful, mm-hmm. Roll20 might be. I was a gonna say I, I do my own uh, my stuff on a laptop, so Roll20 probably still up my alley. Yeah, but even it's not that. I think just I don't know. We have so sometimes uh, Janet's computer in our our groups. <laughs> I, mean, yeah. I don't even know why we call it a computer anymore. I it's it's a paperweight that somehow plugs into the wall, and it's <laughs> I don't know. So anyway, yeah, just uh, but I'm excited. I uh, I actually haven't uh, haven't like other than the screenshots, I haven't actually. Um, I think there's like a video you can watch and stuff. I need to go. Yeah, do I that believe for, uh, for I think Moo Man actually did a like a, a, a video on how to do yeah it. yeah something yeah. like that. Yeah, Moo Man. He's uh he's got a lot of work. There's a lot of stuff to uh mm-hmm. Cubicle Seven's been releasing stuff like crazy. He's uh I'm I'm sure he's got enough work to keep him for the next year or two for sure. Oh, oh I bet. So uh moving on to our other sister game, uh Wrath and Glory. Um I won't dive too much into all the different updates. I think the one big one that I really wanted to talk about was Church of Steel. Um so Church of Steel is a book all about like vehicles and vehicle combat and you know the in Warhammer 40k um, for the Wrath and Glory. It Sounds is exciting. It is exciting. <laughs> it's really cool. They have uh, stats for like most of the vehicles you could think of for, for 40k. They have um, some really cool artwork and stuff in there. Though, So here's the one thing. The one thing I will say is when you do a vehicle book, in, in my opinion, especially a sci-fi vehicle book, I, I kind of tend to look at them the same as I would like a B-Series. Like, I want a piece of artwork. Just, you know, do I know what a Land Raider looks like or this Predator variant or, you know, whatever it is? Like, I don't. I don't know what it looks like off the top of my head. Um, I mean, some hardcore Warhammer fans, you know, 40K fans do. But um, there was a, a, a distinct lack of artwork um, for all the entries. And I'm guessing that's because they had to keep page count down and that artwork is yeah. expensive. I'm sure there's a lot mm-hmm. of reasons for it. But 
at the same time, I don't know. That was one of those things where I'm like, well, yeah, I would assume they have access to Games Workshop's gigantic library oh, of artwork archive. that already exists. Oh, they do? Right. Or just do, give me line drawings, right? They don't have to be intense. Give me like, so you, you know those like, uh, you get those like 40K schematic. Like, schematic. It's green and black. Yeah. It's not very detailed. I mean, just give me one of those. Um, anyway, so that was my one complaint. Now the rules and the stats are awesome. Um, and there's some great pieces of artwork in there. Um, there's one with, uh, I forget, what's the Imperial... Uh, like the Imperial Guard has the like the drop ship thing that flies in. It's like a Valkyrie, maybe. Oh, like the Thunderhawk. Thunderhawk. No, the Thunderhawk's a, is the uh, is for the Space Marines. I think it's a Valkyrie. But it's so whatever the yeah, Imperial yeah, yeah, the Imperial Guard version is. There's like a piece of artwork where the canopy is like shot off, and this guy is hovering there like with his pistol. The pilot is a pistol, a LAS pistol, shooting out like through the broken canopy and there's like an orc missile about ready to blow him up. It's just like this cool action scene. Um, so of course it's an orc missile, so it might just hit him and bounce off. But <laughs> so, so anyway, um, so, but it's a very cool book. So don't take my criticism on the artwork to say it's not good. I think it's a, it's a critical for 40 K to have access to all those cool vehicles. I just, unfortunately I you're going to have to sit there mm -hmm. with Google. If you don't know, just by looking at the title to figure out what something looks like. Uh, so yeah, let's, uh, so let's move on to the meat of the show. Let's, uh, enough talking about the sister games. Let's, let's dig into Wolfram. Um, so tonight's show, we're going to return once again, to one of our favorite topics. Uh, guys, one of the nice things about uh, Warhammer Fantasy Roleplay is that there are lots of careers, and uh, we will probably be doing these career episodes till the end of time, but it's lucky that you guys seem to like them because you guys keep requesting more and more of them, and we're happy to oblige. They're a lot of fun to do. So tonight's episode, we're going on full dwarf-tastic dwarfiness, um, and, uh, and, in, and in the pure purest form of dwarfiness uh we're gonna do a two careers that are dwarf only careers um that we have yet to cover and uh their recent careers and none of them are in the core rule book that's going to be the uh iron breaker um which is in the horned rat companion and the Karak ranger which is in archives of the empire volume one um, and so we're really excited to talk to this, um, you know, about these. Uh, we're going to do our, you know, our high level review. Um, and as we like to do at the end of the episode, we're going to have a little competition, too. Uh, we're going to put our creative juices to the test and uh, see who can make the coolest character. So, uh, so old worlders, when traveling the mountains of the old world, we can give you but one piece of advice to ensure your survival. Find a dwarf. If you travel in the peaks above, find yourself a ranger. And if you travel in the depths below, find yourself an ironbreaker. For there are no better masters of the mountain and no fiercer defender of her holds. As we discuss the Carrick Ranger and the Ironbreaker on tonight's show of the Old World Podcast. So before we move on, Nolan, let's talk competition. Who won the last one? Uh, that'd be Kyle single-handedly almost. Hey, hey I <laughs> thought, got... I thought it was close. Yeah. So this <laughs> oh, was, uh, this was the herbal, the herbalist career. Yeah. And uh, I'm not going to lie. I voted for Kyle. I, his, yeah. his character was awesome. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Moonster Windwalker got, uh, 
a total of 80% of the votes. Uh, yeah. Coming in second was I.O. Kane with 13. And then uh, my character with Jesse Hakeel uh, with seven. Oh, man. I'm sorry, yeah. Nolan. I.O. Kane. That, that, <laughs> you, you see what I did there, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure if anyone else did, but I got it. Yeah. Oh, I, got I, I just got it right now. <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't get it when we first did. I was like, that's a weird name. <laughs> yeah. I.O. Kane. Yeah, so no that but no Moistra went, hey man, when when you're you're giving when you're telling me the background of your character and I audibly gasp because you yeah. surprised me, like that's like yeah, I gotta give it to you. So the thing and what did he say? Like he did like he thought about that like ten minutes before we I hit don't record. Know. Kyle, it was just like wow. Kyle's really good with background stories and stuff. I I will give all like all these guys. I'll be like, all right, give me some background stuff on your character, this or that. If you get it to me by this date, I'll give you some experience, right? <laughs> so like, I'll have to twist arms for everyone in the group to even have them give me something late. But Kyle will have it to me like next day. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, yeah. that's ex- that's pretty awesome. Yeah. I always do enjoy background characters too. Uh yeah, yep. So Kyle and man, I think Kyle's only joined us for career episodes like once or twice and he's won more than he's lost and he might have won every every single one he's been in so far so i believe so i think he's 100 percent undefeated he told me he's not going to do any more career episodes because he's doing so well he doesn't (laughs) want to lose. walk away at 100 (laughs) percent all right well why don't we why don't we kick off here with the since the carrick ranger came out first um why don't you kick us off there nolan with the carrick ranger all right, so the Carrick Ranger, well, you can find that on page 90 of the Archives of Empire, Volume 1. So, basically, what do you think about uh, for a Carrick Ranger? Honestly, uh, somebody that will patrol the roads in between the Carricks or the Empire, uh, people that will go up high into the mountains to make sure there's no dangers and stuff up there. That's basically what the Carrick Ranger can do. Uh, and like we said earlier, only a dwarf can be uh, a character ranger. Yeah, and if you if so, if you're listening and you are not super familiar with like dwarf lore and history, um, a Karak is just a fancy way to say it. it's like a dwarf hold or a dwarf fortress, mm-hmm. and they're always in the mountains. Obviously, they're though getting. I, I did want to point out they they are. There's a unique way that you get them. You don't roll on a chart for normal you kind of get a choice that is true so when you're doing your role if you uh roll messenger you can instead choose carrick ranger which i'm gonna be honest i was a bit surprised it would be messenger yeah and so you know and you would think that too but if you really think about because i think you talked about kind of what their role is right i would say Mm -hmm. Like they are the mountain scouts, the hunters, the they're essentially the dwarven like realm version of a road warden, right? Like, like they, I was gonna say, like I didn't want to say anything, but it's like I honestly think of a character ranger as like it. I know I might get flack for this, but like like a park ranger, kind of like the like a DNR. <laughs> Like that is how I picture a Carrick Ranger. Basically, they're clearing the roads up of the mountains and stuff like that. That's you know, yeah, 
Uh, you got, you got your permits? Permits? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, got your camping permit? You're in Dwarfland. <laughs> except, except instead of like you know tracking the numbers of caribou in the park, right? He's yep. he's he's watching orc armies. <laughs> yeah, uh, they're coming and going. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I that's kind of a good way to say it. But one of the things, too, right, it, how do dwarven holds communicate with each other, right? So there's yeah. one of three ways. They either go under the mountain, which is incredibly dangerous in, in nowadays, and or they go over the mountain, which would likely be a ranger. Now, the third way is via um, the... Uh, the gyrocopters, right? They can send oh, gyrocopters yeah. for messages, but not all holds have them. They're expensive. And, you know, if you're a smaller hold or something, maybe you don't have them and you, you might need to use rangers. So rangers are your messengers, your scouts. Um, you got, you, they're essentially the, like you said, the, the mountain men rangers, right? Like, you know, I, I feel like, you know, when you see that, like Alaska, the sled dog people, they come out and their like beard is frozen and they look yep. like grizzled and tough and you didn't even know they were there. That's a dwarf ranger in my mind. Oh, exactly. All right. So uh, for their scheme, at I guess tier one, they are a hold runner and you can choose weapon skill, uh, strength or toughness uh, for your uh, for your scheme. Uh, and you are brass three. Uh, some of the skills that you can get in there are climb, dodge, endurance, trade cartographer, which is your money-making skill. Fascinating. Melee basic, outdoor survival, perception, and row, which I thought was funny uh, for row. But I guess I would uh, put climb, but yeah. No, well, see, see with many. row, I think huh. the thing is right. Like, there's going to be you're still an outdoorsy like the the rangers have to you know cross mm -hmm. rivers and stuff in the mountains i think that's maybe where but i, mean, I it agree it does make sense yeah. with a trade cartographer sure the, is your... the mountains have lakes too yeah yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. though i don't i'm gonna i'm gonna say right now if i'm ever in any warhammer game and it's a lake in, in the mountains i don't want to go anywhere near that thing <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, let's see, and then uh, for talents, you, we have Implacable, Orientation, Strider, Any, uh, and Strong Back. <clears throat> and then for trappings, we have a backpack, hand weapon, a leather jack, and Trade Tools Cartographer. Yeah, it's such a uh, it's such a fascinating. Like, I'm I'm not gonna lie. Like, if I roll up a dwarf and then I roll up a messenger. It's it's like zero chance that I'm not going to go Carrick Ranger. Like, I'm not going to go Messenger mm -hmm. over. Unless I have yeah. some very specific story reason that I would want to go Messenger. Like, um, Unless you're, a, what do they call that, like an Imperial Dwarf? Yeah, like an you Imperial Dwarf where you're not, yeah. Carrick anymore. Yeah, so yeah, you're not in, yeah, the in the Empire. I could see that. Yeah. But, you know, eh, that's something that maybe we'll get to later. All right. Uh, at tier two, we have Carrick Ranger, and you're now a silver one. So a decent little jump. Yeah. For skills, we have Charm, Charm Animal, Intuition, Ranged Black Powder, Secret Signs, Scout Ranger, and Track. Um, I feel it's a little, uh, I guess, funny that Ranged Black Powder is a skill. 
Uh, just because I think about, like, if you're in the mountains, like, I get it, Black Powder gives that, like, punch and uh, can really take down some enemies. But do you really want a lot of noise when, you know, you could have an avalanche coming down? So I have some very strong feelings about this. I'm glad you brought this up. I wasn't going to bring it up till later, but since you did, let's talk about this for a second. Um, I guess before I dive into my thoughts, Steve, did you think that was weird too when you saw it? Mm, a little bit, unless like it's a necessary in case there are creatures in the mountains where you don't want to be stabbing. You just want to shoot it no matter what the risk is. It's the an old world saber tooth cat of some sort, yeah, crawling around, or just like just just like when you need it, like a pistol, you never know. Um, but yeah, I can definitely think of avalanches coming down. Yeah, avalanches. So for me, all right. Part of my thing is is I I know the Warhammer Battle Game right. So dwarf rangers are crossbowmen. Like, mm -hmm. I, I've never seen a version of the game or any artwork or anything, any time that has ever depicted that Dwarf Rangers are carrying black powder weapons. Um, not that there wouldn't be reasons that they might need to, but, I mean, avalanches or how about stealth, right? Like, if you're a yeah. scout and you're out there, a black powder weapon is going to announce to every wyvern, bear, you know, orc skaven night goblin you know all of the things that are out there in the mountains you don't want to know anything. where you are right like where a crossbow bolt is relatively silent a black powder weapon is going to be like i'm right here guys i don't know i and now i did talk to podrick a little bit about this when it first came out just kind of i questioned as to why he made that decision and i think we were talking to him about archives one at the time so i don't know if this made it into the show or not but I know that some of the decision process there was to give a really good, unique feel for the character, which I don't necessarily, or for the career, which I don't necessarily disagree with. But I guess if I were designing it, me personally, I, I would have not made that decision. I would have made it range crossbow. And I feel that's one of those things where I feel strongly enough as a GM, like anyone that rolled this up, I would say, hey, range crossbow. If you want to do range crossbow instead, I'm 100% behind that. Uh, and you're yeah. totally right because the ranger always had the crossbow for stealth, like in the woods or, yep. you know, you know, if they're on the far slopes of, you know, the mountains and the snow, um, because when we played the game, it was a dwarf thunders. Yeah. The thunders they had the, the guns Potters, and they'd yeah. be units like in battle. It wouldn't be like a standalone guy would just, uh, so you think, you think but... about Bugman's Rangers, right? Which is a famous ranger regiment. And where they are, you know, they used to be part of like Bugman's Brewery and and all that. And I mean, they're they're like grizzled old veterans that like are the the kind of scouts that sneak up around the enemy. You don't know they're there, and they they have double, you know, bladed two handed axes and crossbows. Like that's just the the way they are. So. Again, this is just like a design choice, um, you know, and something that just because I don't necessarily think it was the right choice doesn't mean it's bad. I think I think the Carrick Ranger is still a great career. Um, I just would say GMs, if you have anybody that's like a see, I'm, I'm also like a hardcore dwarf fan in Warhammer. So I immediately caught this. 90% of your players aren't going to know that that was an issue. Um, and if you have a player that knows it and cares, just let them replace that range black powder with range crossbow and that was the second thing i was gonna suggest that you, you know if, if they were to ever rework it you know have have that ranger make that choice 
Yeah, yep. Going yeah, you could just black put or. Or. Yep. I agree. Crossbow. And that just, you know, boom. Yep. Pistols fall under black powder, right? They do, yes. Right. Okay, yeah. okay. Because, um, like, I also agree with you guys. Like, I feel like it should be. Oh, okay. So I come, like I said, I've always, I've come from a D&D background. So, like, when I thought range, I was like, why aren't they just using a bow? But, yes, dwarves use crossbow, not bow, because bows are for uh sissy elves <laughs> um said like yeah, a like, true dwarf <laughs> yep um so when i thought of range black powder i what, what i immediately think of i think of like a blunderbuss i don't think of a pistol uh, yeah. but right i guess but uh i guess yes if pistols do fall under range black powder it slightly makes it better in my eyes but yes i feel like a crossbow and it's easier probably to reload than a black pow- a blunderbuss even, you yeah. know? Yeah. A pistol probably still. That was one of the thing, things playing the dwarves is, is that they had the Oregon gun, the mm-hmm. cannon. I mean, you could walk into like a wall of just fire. Yeah. Yep. Castle and Stuff. dwarves. Yeah. So. <laughs> yep. All right, uh, so let's let's move on. So yeah, yeah we, we talked that. I, I'm sure we'll we'll bring that back up maybe in our final thoughts. But what else is on tier two here, Nolan? All right, so we have talents. So we have strike mighty blow, which helps in melee. Gale shear surface. So there's our whole you know our park ranger aspect <laughs> where you could go up sides of mountains and all that a lot better. Yeah, Nose very for appropriate. Trouble. I think. Yep. Yeah. Nose for trouble, which I believe uh, lets you kind of get in to maybe some of the sh- uh, shadier aspects. Yeah, it allows you to have an intuition check uh, to, to oh, okay. tell the GM, hey, I want to do an intuition check here um, to try to get some special information. It's a pretty cool uh, Very talent. handy. Yeah. It's kind of like Sixth Sense, except instead of the GM determining when it comes into play, the player does. It's It's a little bit different. So yeah, that I guess that will help with that you get intuition for your skill, but you don't get initiative, oh, what is it? initiative yep. as any of your schemes. So that's kind of a little interesting. Yeah. Uh, and then for our last talent, which is Rover, which helps you move better distance. Yes, a stealth bonus for for yep, roll. Stealth bonus, yep. thank you. Yep. Uh, let's see. And then for trappings, we have a black powder weapon with ammunition, grappling hook, and rope, man. Anytime grappling hook and rope is a <laughs> is a trapping requirement, you know it's a good career. I just gotta say, uh-huh. that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we can use that in so many scenarios. <laughs> yeah, very much. And uh, for your advanced scheme, uh, for tier two, you have ballistic skill, which ties into your whole range black powder, yep. or as we discussed, ranged crossbow. Right. Right. Alrighty, so for tier three, we have the Carrick Pathfinder. You're a silver two, and you can now do agility and your advanced scheme. For skills, we have lore engineering, stealth underground. Uh, yeah, and just those two. So, uh, pretty good. Like I said, we did talk that maybe the Iron Breakers are more the underground and the Rangers are on top. Yeah. But it, they can kind of go in both. Yeah, so the, yeah, it's tough. It's tough. I personally would have done stealth rural or stealth any, but the mm-hmm. problem with stealth any is it could allow you to do stealth urban, which is definitely not 
correct. So maybe yep. stealth underground in, in like Steve was talking with the black powder, right? Maybe we put an or and say stealth underground or stealth rural. If you force me to choose one, I would say, I mean, really, again, in my opinion, Carrick Rangers, they're, they're about being on top of the mountains and in the mountain passes, you know, yeah. they're not, not that they won't protect, you know, underground caverns and, and dwarf underways and stuff like that either. But I think that's not their primary role. So I was, again, this was another one I was surprised that they made that decision on. Um, and as a GM, another one that when the player came up to that, I would probably give them a choice and say, you can do underground or rural if you want. Alrighty. And then for talents, we have accurate shot, which lets you do more damage. So with your mm -hmm. uh, ballistics enclosed fighter, which is kind of another, yeah, I put a question mark next to that one. I'm like, really? For I a think, ranger? Well, <laughs> I think it's it really does go with the stealth underground, and maybe that's why they kind of include yeah, it. Yeah, maybe. Uh, a river guide or a gunner. Uh, you have to choose one of those two. That's, and that's... strong legs. Yeah, so I want to go back. So the river guide or gunner, I put another question mark next to that, like, so you choose one, does that mean it eliminates you from being able to choose the other in the future? Like, I guess it's not clear. That's how it would work in character creation. So yeah, I think, that's how I would look at it. Yeah. But so it's I in, guess that would be up to your GM. But yeah, yeah, just by looking at it, I would say, yeah, you either become a river guide or gunner. Yeah, I can't do both. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. And then for trappings, you have tool masonry. Again, I, I sit there and I'm like, that trapping, I'm trying to understand. Did, did other, either of you get an idea of why that would be a trapping for this career? I mean, all dwarves kind of. know some masonry, I guess. But like, it's not like the rangers are known for like building towers or things like that. It, True. Oh, you might be surprised. I mean, there yeah. would be the ones that would maybe create little outposts for yeah. themselves. It, it does say that they could be out for, you know, years at a time. So I don't look at that as like, okay, I'm going to build a, an extended wall in front of my carrot. I'm going to maybe make a stone hut that other carrots know that, hey, if you're in the area, here's a safe outpost. Right. But then here's the thing. They don't have access to any other trade skills. They have trade cartographer, but they don't get access to trade any or trade masonry. So mm -hmm. what are they going to use those tools for? I I feel... And uh, isn't yeah. trade also based off of dexterity, which they don't get? No, but dwarves are naturally very dexterous. So I okay. think you get a plus yeah, that's true. 30 or so, or maybe even plus 40. I think it's a plus 40. Yeah, I'd have to go double check. I'll double check real quick. But yeah, I uh, so I don't know. That's another one that made me scratch my head. This career is really cool, but there's several things that like make me scratch my head. Like, And maybe it's just because I'm so into the dwarf lore that I notice things m more. Mm-hmm. No, um, it's plus thirty for decks, um, for dwarves. So, What's, oh, they're yeah. plus forty is the willpower. Yeah, yep. So, so I still, I mean, even with a bad roll, you're still not terrible when it comes to decks. So I think I that's mean, yeah, you're still you're at yeah. thirty two, so that's still ain't too bad. Yeah. So, okay, we did that. So take All yeah, right, take us to tier four, my friend. 
All right, and for tier four, you are Peric Mountain Strider for a silver four. So pretty much in the middle for all your for money making schemes. Uh, for money making it is, and for tier four, you are now in uh have intelligence that you can uh increase. For skills, you have cool and language any. Which make complete sense to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then for talents, you have Tinker, Savant for Dwarf Holds and Routes, Robust, and Tenacious. Savant is such a good talent. Yeah. It, <laughs> yeah. It's it, an interesting one, really. Yeah. It's So if Savant is a talent where you essentially automatically get to know stuff, you basically go to your GM and say, I have Savant, Dwarf Holds, and Routes. I automatically know most everything like <laughs> it's, it's really good. Uh, it's, it's a, when it comes to that subject, you are well, well versed. So yeah, very cool. All right. And then for your trappings, you'll have four apprentice hold runners, maps and souvenirs from many travels. <laughs> oh, they leave it up to you to choose what you have, That's which right. I always enjoy that when it's just like, yeah, you have souvenirs. What are they? Yep. So overall, uh, a decent uh, class. But uh, I wanted you to know, did you guys notice anything uh, that was missing? At least in my opinion, I was missing. What's that? You don't get a marksman, which is basically a plus five to ballistic skill. Uh. Which, you know, maybe is not needed, but I always thought it was weird. Because when I think ranger, I think long range for somebody that's going to pick enemies off before they get close. Yes, yeah. uh, the Carrick Ranger does have some skills that does help with melee basic, but I thought it was kind of funny how you don't get a plus five your for Marksman um, to help with your ballistic score. I That uh. one I'm not that hurt over and and the reason is is because so when you think ranger when the, most of the time when you think like D ranger or whatever it's kind of coming with the concept of like the lord of the rings aragorn the ranger right so mm-hmm. um and the dwarves are like that but they're much more focused specifically on the mountains and specifically they are a a hardcore melee troop as well um so it's you're essentially replacing agility with in, in the range with uh they carry some pretty nasty double-handed weapons and stuff i i would argue um i don't know i see what you're saying i think it wouldn't be out of place there but i'm not feeling like it was a an obvious miss me personally mm-hmm. i get that yeah it was just something like i said that i right i noticed but that's all like I said, some other people may not see it either sure well, what let's let's talk about what roles this career can fill, and I think this is where I think the strength of this career is really going to shine. Mm-hmm. Honestly, it could probably fit into either a good fighter or range class. Really, yeah, I definitely, I definitely see that too. Mm-hmm. Steve, what are you thinking? Mm-hmm. What roles? Uh, I, I mean, definitely, I would keep him as like kind of ranged, kind of like a backup guy um, until he had like a proper like weapon. Uh, but um, pretty much, he would be kind of like the scout guy. I would I would mm-hmm. use it in, in the group for the most part. Yeah, I agree. When I so if you look at tier one, right, you're automatically kicking off with weapon skill, strength, and toughness. 
So you can hold your own as a fighter. You have access to melee basic as a starting career skill. And uh, you also have some some clear, like, uh, like a combat talent with Implacable, right? Um, where you can ignore some damage from bleeding. Um, fighter, definitely. But you also have Scout because right in this, you also have access to outdoor survival, perception, um, and row, orientation, strider, any. Th those are all like talents and skills that are going to help you keep your party al alive and be able to scout ahead and see stuff, especially with perception and, and outdoor survival. It's, it's, it might be a weaker scout, but definitely into support. When you move on to tier two, I think you really step into that ranged, right? Fighter and ranged, scout and support. By getting access to the, the ranged skill and ballistic skill and with um, a bunch of talents that help with kind of a little of everything, right? Strike Mighty Blow makes you a good fighter. Scales Sheer Surface is great for scouting and, um, you know, outdoor stuff. Nose for Trouble, again, a good thing for your scout to have. And uh, a rover, which is a stealth bonus for rural stealth. Again, a good scout thing. You you become, I think at tier two, you're a very, very well-rounded. You can scout, do a little bit of everything, and you're still a decent fighter. And then you just keep building on that. Pathkeeper um, gets you a little more of everything. And same thing with the Mountain Strider. So I really think if you force me to like ranged scout and fighter but I almost would say those are like interchangeable. If, if you force me to pick one that this career is better at out of all of those, it probably say fighter just because they have more talents and skills that would support that. But also, I don't know scout is, I mean, but when you look at ballistic skill, strength, toughness, and weapon skill, <laughs> I mean, mm -hmm. those are all going to support a, a fighting class, right? Yeah. Yeah, so how all right guys, let's let's do our brains here. How might we fit this career into an established adventuring party? Like what what are some story hook ideas? Uh, you need a guide that maybe you need help going through the carracks or mountains and stuff like that. You ended up, you know, you meet at uh this place and hey, this character is going to be your guide through the mountain range and there he's basically going to be in charge of the party to get you from point A to point B. Yeah. That was number one on my list <laughs> was guide right there. Mm -hmm. um, I, I would consider chance encounter out in the woods. Yep. He has nobody. He knows the area. Maybe he's with you for a little bit, maybe forever, depending on how the rest of the campaign or, you know, roadmap goes or, or you could find him wounded. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Yep. And then that might start a plot to, hey, what attacked them? Goblins, Oryx, what's going on there? Or or potentially the only person that knows the path, right? That's kind of a guide as well, but like there's a one path and he's the only one that knows how to find it. Or tracker. Tracker is a skill that is not very prevalent in all the careers. And mm -hmm. so we're tracking somebody. We need somebody that can track this person or thing or animal through the wilderness. Um, we're hunting something like tracker track is a great skill to help with that. Um, so I think those are all solid ways to tie this, this career into an, uh, an already established adventuring party. Uh, another one would be too. I wanted to mention this. Uh, you could easily 
the party is being sent to deliver a message between from a hold or to a dwarf hold or something like that, a, a ranger makes complete sense to be part of that party in that case. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, Especially yeah, yeah. that's how he starts off. I mean, he starts off as a hold runner. So right. it makes sense just to have that. You could easily have it between, you know, hold from hold. Of course, the adventures that happen between yeah. getting the message from one spot to the next. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think those, those are all good ones. Awesome. So advancing into other careers, what kind of options have good synergies? What what kind of options have bad synergies? I think some of this is pretty obvious. What do you think? Mm-hmm. Honestly, good synergies would be any melee career uh we already talked that how they can really are good and close hand-to-hand fighting this uh the Carrick ranger really does emphasis on that so soldier guard very good uh i think in going into that you know what i'll even say it uh i probably could be good in going into an iron breaker <laughs> yeah there we go uh I don't know, all out I was going to say bad synergies. Anything probably with a uh, fellowship uh, for a face character. You don't get fellowship. You don't get willpower. While dwarves get pretty good willpower, the fact that you can never really bump that up, I feel like does hurt a little bit. So if you roll, even if you roll meh, or like let's just say you roll a two, that's still a 42. That's still pretty high. But the fact that you can never increase it uh i feel would not make it a good face character right so and plus you're a dwarf right so straight Mm -hmm. up that's going to limit any magic career right that you can't go into um true while there are some arguably some dwarf religious careers we don't have anything released on that yet um but because you have nothing in this career to do with fellowship or no talents or anything that helps it in any way Really, face characters or religious characters don't make any sense. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say any outdoor or scout or you know hunter face like scout and hunter, anything outdoor focused will just help build up this career. Um, a ballistic skill focused or a melee focused career for sure can can work well with this career, especially if you choose a career that supports it, right? So if you're doing Rain's Black Powder, moving into something like an engineer or something could really, if you want to take that route and go farther with it, might be a good synergy. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I pretty much agree with, with you both here. Um, you could either choose to go more warrior with extra extra skills ta- t- and talents that help you with fighting. It could just go the opposite way with ballistic skill and keep on adding up, stacking up, you know, the quick reload, you know, skills and kind of just getting it where you're just mm-hmm. you're you are that shooter. Mm-hmm. Of, of course, you can still fight. I, I mean, it's not like you're super weak, but I mean, if, if you, you can choose one to really take off with LA or ballistic, I would say a bodyguard. I mean, all yeah. <laughs> like in some former way, <laughs> yeah. that's a tough guy. I wouldn't, I wouldn't have him sing. Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so entertainer, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Not entertainer would not be on the, the good synergy list. <laughs> might be fun though it'd be fun yeah (laughs) (laughs) exactly (laughs) 
All right, Nolan, tell me, what type of player is most going to enjoy this career, you think? Honestly, I think the people that will enjoy this career the most are, well, yes, people that like doing ballistics and people that like doing uh, melee would really enjoy this career. But I also feel like the people that would might enjoy this the most are the people that like like to describe the surroundings more. They like to be the ones that forge ahead and be like, well, I saw five bears and a crick that goes to the left up around this bend. But if we go this way, that'll take us to, you know, Urban Gash, which has uh, delightful roads this type of years and the spring flowers are beautiful. I really think people that will uh, enjoy role-playing, I can see enjoying this one a lot. I can see a park ranger really enjoying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I actually I actually think that this would make a great beginner career. Um, because think about it. You have the basic combat stuff, so you're not gonna be a slouch, you're not gonna be twiddling your thumbs in combat. Um, you're a dwarf, so you're automatically gonna have good a good number of wounds, great toughness. Um, you're going to have good willpower, so you're not likely to like lose control of your character over things like fear and stuff as likely. Um, so uh, uh, someone new to Warhammer can make mistakes with this character and potentially not die. And <laughs> so I think that's a good one, too. So anyone that likes combat and support, anyone that likes to do like the flowery speeches and have the conversation with the king, not this is not your career, man. Um, and it's mostly not your career because it's a dwarf. <laughs> but you compound the dwarf on the fact that it, that there's no fellowship, anything in here to to boot. It really just means that you're not going to be carrying on with the uh, the upper echelon with this career. All right, final thoughts. Uh, a good all around uh, class. You know, we did have some maybe nitpicks ideas or like, oh, this is weird or why we have this. But overall, I think uh, we nothing wrong with it. I think we all discovered this could be a good, like you said, Lance, uh, beginner class. And honestly, that's pretty good for something that's not in the core rule book. You know, usually these supplement ones, you think they're a little bit more narrow minded. But I think this is a good one to for anybody to, that wants to do it. Steve, I agree. Um, if you choose that character to begin your Wolf Rip life, um, you really can't go wrong. I mm -hmm. mean, it's well balanced. To the point where you're not a weakling. <laughs> I mean, you still can die, but but at least you'll take more wounds. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But uh, yeah, yeah, I, I I think it's a save, but and and it gives you opportunities to try different things as well, and just a rounded out character, like I said, and good one to start with. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I agree. Uh, so, man, just from a pure like background history of the Warhammer world, it, my final thoughts here, man, why black powder? I don't think black powder should have been the right decision, but I I, I don't necessarily disagree with it i just would have chose differently um should have been a crossbow stealth underground I, you know should have been stealth rural but besides those things those are really nitpicky things i would say yes great beginner character a decent 
you know, all around character, like you were saying, Steve, right? You're not pigeonholed into one role in the party. You know, you can fill multiple roles, which can be really important with a small party size um, where, you know, you may not have everybody to cover all the different things. This, this career can really step in and fill like you need somebody to take that shot. Uh, well, the ranger has got some ballistic skill. You need somebody to, to hold the line while well, he's got toughness wounds um, and he knows how to use a blade. You know, um, we need somebody to find us water. We're going to die here of thirst or or the cold or whatever. You got the survival skills to help keep the party alive. I, I think that the these this is a good all-around character. It's a great – and it, dwarf rangers are also those, those kind of ones. They're steeped in the lore. You go look up Bugman's Rangers and look at the coolness that surrounds Bugman and, and Bugman's Rangers um, in the Warhammer world. Um, you know, these are the dwarfs more, more than a lot of dwarfs that get around, right? They're the ones mm-hmm. that are traveling from hold to hold, that are traveling to the human lands. You know, you're, you're, the army's on the move. The dwarf rangers are scouting for them. So I think it's, uh, it's a great career that is honestly as soon as it came out i was like dwarf ranger Carrick ranger i'm on board i, I want to play that so yeah all right but that's not the only cool dwarfy thing that cubicle seven has given us when it comes to careers i think there's only three careers that are are so far released that are dwarf only um we have the dwarf slayer which we've already did in its own episode mm-hmm. um we have the dwarf Carrick ranger and then of course we have the iron breaker which I know Steve and I love to gush about Iron Breaker and awesomeness. So, Steve, why don't you take us in, man? Oh, yes. The Iron Breaker. Pretty much Iron Breakers are a group of warriors that specialize in underground combat. Um, basically tunnel fighters. Um, and they're just badass. I mean, just think of little guys in armor that are used to fighting with the best of the best equipment, weapons, um, and lines of defense, and just just born to fight. That's what you have. Hmm. I feel like, so these are like the, the underground Marines, right? There is nobody better in the world. Like, if you need somebody to hold that tunnel you know, because the world is going to end, you want the Iron Breakers. I mean, mm-hmm. they are the, right. the quintessential, we will hold. Like, you, you hold! Like, that is Iron Breakers. No one is going to hold like Iron Breakers. They're the armored rock, the elite underground warriors, the best tunnel fighters in the world. Um, they have the the best armor. They're tough as nails. They're dwar- And on top of all that, you put a dwarf in that equipment, I mean, it, it's they're so cool. <laughs> I'm sorry, and and, and it, usually they stick at home, but they are known to venture out into the world to hunt the enemies of the of the dwarves. That's true. So mm-hmm. you know, it just been attacked, and the dwarves know where they're at. Yeah, Ironbreakers are probably going to be marching at your place here soon. <laughs> um, to 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 round to round you off and get you off the map. Yep. So if if folks want to follow along at home, where can they find the Iron Breaker? <laughs> yeah. So you so you can find the Iron Breaker on page eighty one in the Horned Rat Companion. Once again, that's page eighty one, and then pretty much the next page after that talks about the Grum Real Metal and the armor and the weapons. Uh, it's really good stuff. 
um, really powerful stuff. It's pretty much the best armor in the world. Yeah, yep. yep. It's uh, it's it's legit. It's like the uh, the best magic weapons made by the dwarves are made with grawmail. Yeah, such so a if you can't so like like to me, the the ranger is the the grizzled veteran that like you know has a pipe in his mouth and tells you it's like sunny there are five thousand like he, he he puts his ear in the ground and he tells you there are five thousand orcs in the next passover right nope nope mm-hmm. i'm sorry there's five thousand one orcs there one is a little guy <laughs> you know like that's the kind of but when you get an iron breaker it's uh when you like are in the underway and you like somehow approach a dwarf hold not from the surface but from underground and you see the giant gates of a an underground tunnel you know the people that are patrolling and protecting that gate that are just pure armor head to toe iron breakers man i love me some dwarves guys (laughs) (laughs) yeah i can tell yeah i'm passionate (laughs) all right so for iron breakers uh we have for tier one um they're called a tunnel fighter absolutely they're named absolutely right. Uh, when you begin that career, that's what you do. You tunnel fight, you protect, you defend. Uh, they got to protect against Oryx, Skavens, especially the Skavens. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and as a tunnel fighter, they don't pay too bad considering you're probably like a young buck. It's Brass 4. Eh, could be better. <laughs> yeah. But it's not too bad. Uh, for skills, uh, you get the athletics. Climb, cool, dodge, endurance, entertain singing. That surprised me. <laughs> um, intimidate, language battle, LA basic, and stealth. Any, obviously, I'm going to go with stealth underground. Yeah. Try to make a choice with that one. I put a question mark there too, like the last <laughs> one. Like, to me, it seems like super obvious. The ranger should be stealth rural. The 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 iron breaker should be stealth underground. Like why why is this a question? <laughs> yeah. So I really like how they start their skills because on tier one you can increase the weapon skill, toughness, and willpower. Oh. Mm. And like with cool, one one of the first schools it takes willpower. So uh, it is very nice to pass those cool tests. You know if you put you know your points in the right spot. But it makes it makes oh. total sense though, right? How how we've talking about right? These are the the dwarf anvil that never that never runs from battle, right? The willpower, mm-hmm. man. One thing I wanted you to point fight out: fight in the dark at times. Yeah, yeah, right. And plus, plus, yeah, plus. I want to point out too, right? Like you get that plus forty, then you get cool, then you get the right. Willpower is plus forty for a dwarf. Then you can increase willpower as a starting. And then you also have access to cool. Like you would you increase cool? Right. Nobody yeah, yeah. nothing. Nothing like, oh, that's a vampire. That's I'm not worried. <laughs> so that just gets things going where I love this character how you can really stack things up. Um the before talents you, you get before you move on to talents, Steve, real quick, I wanted to point out this is one of those rare careers that has more than eight starting Yes, yes. Skills. I had to double check that. 
Yeah. Make sure there wasn't an errata for yeah. stealth. Nope. I, I, yeah, I double checked it too. <laughs> so this isn't the first time we've seen this because uh, we did, if you remember, Nolan, we did the, uh, what was it? Wolfkin. The Wolfkin? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. The I think they also has, start with 10. They start with 10 as well. Um, it's interesting. And so for advancement, you don't have to advance all 10 skills. You only have to advance eight of them. But I just, uh, it's an interesting thing I thought I'd point out. Uh, for talents, you get drilled. Drilled's interesting because, like, it, it really only works with other players that have drilled. But then you can combine, like, your drilled skill to help in combat. Yeah, I can, um, actually, mm -hmm. I wanted to talk a little bit about this drilled thing because at first I thought this is a terrible talent because you need somebody else in the party that also has drilled just oh. to get the benefit. But then I realized you can take it multiple times. So if you and somebody else, like let's say you both iron breakers and you get drilled and you both bump up, get drilled multiple times, dude, that could be incredibly powerful. Yup. Especially you don't lose your advantage and it's just yeah. Yeah. Stuff. <laughs> uh the the next one, enclosed fighter, I like that one too because it will allow you to engage and also dodge in enclosed places where you normally didn't have the room to so as a small dwarf you can just be like kind of like a cannonball dodge around and <laughs> get out the way um strike mighty blow that's awesome mm -hmm. um it you, you know adds that damage point per level of that when you hit yeah and warrior born uh, right off the bat plus five weapon skill and the cool thing is that this does not count or this doesn't count toward your advances literally right. is free doesn't affect your next advances and points so i thought that was great mm, that's, uh trappings that's very nice uh trappings yeah. we uh they hook you up already this is the reason <laughs> you take an iron breaker right here yeah <laughs> exactly <laughs> like you are armored uh breastplate open helm bracers leggings shield large and an axe uh, now, mind you, with the shield three, you already have defensive, which means if you use like a shield to oppose, you soak up all that extra AP everywhere. Yeah. I, up to three. Yeah. I want to point out, this is the only career that starts with a full suit of plate armor. A full suit. Head to toe, full suit of plate armor. I, I actually, I'd have to go and look at every career again. But I'm fairly certain for a starting tier one, like you start the game, like I don't think there is a career out there that has more than one, maybe two pieces of plate that you start with. You start with all I mean, of them. Do I you mean, use this guy right with the shield? Like if you could like actually like learn the rules of the shield. Oh my goodness. You're going to be hard to even hit unless it hits you with a massive blow. Uh-huh. No, because yeah. And it's good stuff. So I want to point out, if you got this career as a starting career, you could just turn around, sell all this armor for 30 gold crons straight up. Wow. I mean, that's something to think about. <laughs> if I had this career, I'd stick with Tunnel Fighter for a while. Uh-huh. There's so you lots can increase to weapon skill, there. toughness, and willpower, mm -hmm. and that stacks with what you already have. Ooh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> when you want to take the plunge into tier two you are officially an iron breaker 
and boy, oh boy, your pay goes up. It's yeah. silver three. Mm-hmm. You are banking. Um, skills consume alcohol. Oh, um, that's on top of your willpower already being high. I, I mean, like, let's see here. For consume alcohol is toughness. So you already have toughness as one of your stats you can increase. Yep. But if you do it right, I mean, it just stacks on. Um, gossip, leadership, Lord geology, which I like that. Yep, makes sense. Melee Perry. Melee Perry. Range which... explosives. I can respect that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I can respect chucking bombs. Well, and, and this really ties back to some of the lore and with the Warhammer battle game, um, you can uh there with the iron drakes are like a special uh version of the iron breakers that have these like essentially like lava guns, if you want to think about it, but they have these mm-hmm. bomb things too. Um that that explosives are they're, they're called uh cinder blast bombs. And which is interesting. Cinder blast bombs can be found in archives one, in the uh, appendix. If you if you need to find mm-hmm. the stats for them, uh, real. So I want to go back one before you move on, Steve. I wanted to mention one thing. Melee basic it, in the tier one is your money making skill. So your money making skill is melee basic. Melee is you can get extra with warrior born, and you can get the weapon skill as you know one of the advances for for level one straight up. So I just thought that was interesting too. I wanted to because you were talking yeah. about the money, and I'm like, yeah, oh yeah. yeah, the money making skill. You can even double down on that if you wanted to. Yeah. Let's see here, where were we? Ironbreaker talents. Uh, you have beat blade. Help with advantages. Um, it, it's kind of a technique you can use before an attack to kind of make your opponent lose an advantage. Uh, and don't you get the advantage then, or? Uh, yeah, I, I believe then I think you can get the advantage. Let's see here. So would, if yeah. form a melee test is if successful, your opponent loses one advantage and loses a further minus one per success level you score. Okay. Uh, so basically, you can beat him down to size. If he <laughs> thought he was big bad, you could really drop mm-hmm. that down. Um, you have combat aware. Um, and this, I believe, combat aware is is basically you can make snap decisions uh, uh, due to the shifting tides of war. Um, you can take a challenging perception test to ignore surprises. So basically, like you're in a tunnel, you could be like, "Hey, I think Skaven are here." I'm combat yep. aware. Um, you can kind of get past that. Shieldsman. This is where I say that you one once you know the rules of the shield. Yeah. Um, you can really be really powerful to 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 take down. That's fine. Let's see here. That's actually I wanted to mention that too. Um, so old worlders, if you're listening to this and you're like, oh, I'm rolling up a a an iron breaker, starting with that large shield, you really want to go learn how to use shields. And unfortunately, shields are one of the more complicated rules pieces to understand in the system. But um, Ben Sherry uh, had wrote an article, a blog article for on using shields and it breaks down exactly how to use them, makes it nice and easy. You can go to Cubicle7's website. It's one of their first uh, articles. I can't remember the name of it. Um, I'll have to go find it. But if you just like search in their uh, news articles um, for like uh, shield or WFRP shield or something like that, I'm sure it'll come up. Um, but it's a great article that'll help you understand it because it is complicated. You because yeah. there's parry is involved, 
but it's a melee basic. So shield isn't a piece of armor. It's a weapon. It's a melee oh. basic weapon. It uses melee basic as a skill, but you can use the parry skill to like affect the shield and how it works. So it is, uh, it sounds complicated because when you initially look at it, it is, but the article oh. makes it much easier. So I want to recommend that. Mm, okay. uh, I, I, I will definitely have to read that because the more I read it here, like shield is, is real, really, especially once you get this shields been talent, which I, I highly suggest you get, you already have a shield. That's yeah. you know, shield mm -hmm. three. Um, Shieldsman literally is when using a shield to defend, you gain advantage equal to the number of levels you have in Shieldsman if you lose the opposed test. Even if you lose a test, you still get the advantage. I'm telling well, the, you, this, this three career... Three levels of that, even if you... Yeah, just awesome. Yeah. And if you use it with the other skills you have. I mean, yeah. Uh, drilled. You know, just... Uh, Incredible stuff. Um, and uh, the last talent for Ironbreaker is Unshakable. And I'm... Give me a second here. I'm going to blank on Unshakable. Uh, so Unshakable is a black powder weapon to remove the yes. penalties, right? So oh, when you okay. shoot a black powder weapon or you get shot at by one, there is like... This system has a whole crazy amount of penalties, like fear tests and a bunch of other stuff you have to do um, if you have unshakable, it means I don't care that I'm being shot at by, you know, uh, guns, <laughs> basically. <laughs> right. And you just need to take a cool test to resist a broken condition if you're actually hit or wounded right. by one. Yeah. Yep. I ain't too bad. So for the trappings, you get three cinder blast bombs. Weapon or armor piece made of Gromril. I would have a tough choice on what I would choose. Yeah. In that regard. So I think this is really interesting. We'll talk about this when we get into tier three too, but there's a progression here. And I think it makes it really easy for you as a, as a player to know what your goals are. I mean, if you plan to progress through the Ironbreaker career, your goal is yeah, probably yeah. going to be tied to your armor. Yeah. Yeah. And, and and if if you are going to progress, uh, instead of a piece, an armor piece made of Gromril, you may as well choose the weapon because by the time you make it to tier three, which we'll just say now, um, Iron Beard, um, you're now gold one. You're making some money, uh, but the trappings, two-handed axe, powerful. Then you get a full suit of Gromril armor. Yeah. So if you chose the weapon in the previous one, now you have it all. You're golded out like the Mandalorian. Yeah. No, that's that's a good way to say it, right? Because Gromil, I mean, are so it's a little outside of what we're talking about for this episode. But Gromil armor is is so first off, it's better than normal armor, right? Um, I think uh, you don't take the effects of like critical effects with that armor piece. Um, unless you're actually um, already down to zero wounds. Um, so it's incredibly powerful. But uh, the problem is with lore, right? You don't just buy a piece of Gromo armor. You can't. Um, you have to, like, go find it or have it made. Um, and the dwarves don't just give this out, even to their own people. They don't just give out Gromil. You have to, like, earn it. And earn it in a big way. And if you're, you know, not a dwarf, it's even harder to get the dwarfs. And they never mm -hmm. truly give it; they just give it on loan. 
So, right, and mm -hmm. it, it, it's it's a thing where they almost don't want you to leave with that armor unless uh -huh. they really trust you or you're an exceptional warrior. If not, here's our basic stuff here for you, buddy. Right, <laughs> yeah. It's like, we'll oh. Put the, we'll put it back in the vault. It's like, I'm, I'm the most venerated ironbreaker. I've protected these gates of my hold for a century. I'm going to go visit another hold. And the king says... No problem. Here's a suit of normal armor. We'll give you your Groma armor back when you get back. <laughs> yep. Yeah, exactly. that's basically how it is. Because the dwarves, it's incredibly powerful. They don't want to let that out of their, out of their sight, away from their holds. Stuff. Ha. Huh. All right. Love uh, me some dwarves. Uh, yep. <laughs> know it. So as an Iron Beard, uh, you are wealthier. Let's talk about the skills. Um, you get intuition. That's great. Um. Leadership. Okay. LA two-handed. Let me, I'm sorry, Steve. I, I hate to interrupt you again. Do you guys notice that leadership is both in tier two and tier three? Yeah, that's why I was like. Oh, yeah, it is. So, and uh... and because of the mechanics of the game, that makes no sense. One of those has to be in errata. So we'll have to ask, uh, you know. Yeah, maybe... We'll have to ask what they meant. Yeah, I might. Or, I, or I what send, been there. I'll send an email off on that. Maybe we can put that in the uh, I can see, um, but if we're just going to do a guess right now, I could see leadership being in tier three. Just because yeah. of how high up you are, I feel like leadership works better there than as Plus... an actual iron breaker. Also, it seems that uh, Ironbreaker has a lot of skills more than tier, tier three. Because if you take out leadership on tier three, you only have one, two, three skills. Yeah, which isn't Ironbreaker. You got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Yeah. Even just wrong placement. So we'll consider it should have been on tier three because now you're becoming like a leader. Yeah. Yep. That's what an Iron Beard so, is, right? So. LA two-handed for those bigger axes, but do you want to lose your shield? Yeah, Tough I know, right? Yeah. Uh, but, hey, in the old game, you could strap your shield on your back. Yeah. And have two-handed nice. axe if you need. Well, and um, something else to consider, too, is, I mean, you can literally use a shield as a weapon, and, I mean, the rules are there for it. So there's no saying that, like, there might be situations where, you need more defense than offense. So now you, you're kind of choosing, like, is this battle an offensive battle for me or a defensive battle? Do my teammates, can they handle dealing out damage while I hold the ground, right? Which you're an iron breaker. That's like your whole, that's your whole thing. I hold. So anyway, it's, yeah. But I agree, Steve. That's a tough choice. Do you put a bunch of skills or uh, experience into building up a two-handed weapon that you might like, are you that you're gonna have to make a decision? Am I dropping my shield for this this battle? By that time, you might be you used to using your shield and all the little uh, 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 gifts it gives you in combat. So yeah. who knows? Yeah. Um, they, they also give you perception, which perception is great to get mm -hmm. an extra advantage, especially you know as combat goes. You know, the first two rounds might not doing much, but if you're successful at doing a perception test. I have an advantage or two before the battle even begins, but the only problem is with perception is not really. Well, on tier three, it it is you can start to. So I guess that progression is nice then. I'm, I mean, you can finally start to add into, um, your advanced scheme into what perception needs. Hopefully, you roll decent at the beginning. <laughs> Um, for talents, careful strike. Conrad ha has that. Yeah. 
allows you to kind of pick and choose plus or minus 10 on where it hits. It could be critical. Mm-hmm. So you get those headshots. Um, Combat Master. This one's cool because uh, per like level, you count as one more person. Yeah. Which, so if okay. you're, you can't be outnumbered, you know, as as much. Which is huge, huge. Mm-hmm. There's a, the skeleton. You remember the skeleton battle? The only way mm-hmm. I was able to get hits on you with those terrible, terrible skeletons was because they outnumber you guys four to one. Well, now all of a sudden you count as two people. That like significantly cuts down on the bonus that your enemies are going to get for outnumbering you. Absolutely. Uh, when Conrad was surrounded by zombies, yeah, they yeah. really yep. diced me up a little bit uh, just because they outnumbered me. That yep. was the only reason why. Yeah. Because individually, nothing. You get three of them around you, oh, crap. Yeah, what was our weapon skill, like 15 or yeah, something? Yeah, 15, <laughs> but with three of them, like it adds like a plus 30. It's yeah, just, like plus 30 yeah. or 40. I remember I was like, oh, dude. I, I was like, I got to get behind this desk. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. It was like, this is not going I'm gonna well for you. I'm going to sit down in the stair and bleed out. Um. <laughs> that was our first critical hit to uh, in that battle. The zombie like mm. tore your back muscle or something, I think. That was... Yeah, they uh, they guessed my side. Yeah, it was... <laughs> uh, I forgot the name of the wound, but it, t- it took a while to heal. Yeah. Um, you get reaction strike, which I've never seen this one before or had anyone use it before. But you can like when they attack you, you you can have a reactionary strike. Yeah, that's super cool because if you combine yeah. this, if you happen to have furious assault from another, you know, career or something like, I mean, you could combine this like, oh, you charge me. I'll get a free attack. And then my turn, I attack and then I get another free attack. Like, man. Here's... With the advantages that you've been receiving. Yep. Uh, uh, the last one, the last talent you get, uh, Tier 3 is War Lead Leader, which is... Uh, I think it's something like you get more... It's all about uh, inspiring so, other yeah, people. Yeah, inspiring so, people or something, I believe. All, like, all subordinates able to see you may add your level in War Leader to their success level in one willpower test per round. So depending... Might make or break the tide of the battle, may not. Um, so it's kind of an extra. Um, and all, of course, we've already talked about the trappings, two-handed axe, and a full suit of Gromro armor. Ugh. I mean, that's just awesome. Yep. So by the time you make it to tier four, you're an old guard. By this time, you're an old dwarf. By dwarf years, you're probably 322. <laughs> um, you're making gold three. Uh, for skills, lore warfare that that makes sense. Um, navigation, I'm assuming navigating tunnels. Yep, yep. Always knowing where north yeah. north is, even though you're <laughs> underground, is probably super helpful. Yeah, I can, I can smell the north. Yeah, <laughs> I was say which side <laughs> is the moss growing on. You're actually uh, you're an old guard. You're an old guard, Steve. At that point, you probably just pick up a rock and chew on it and be like. North is that way. (laughs) Let me take a look. I'll take a lick on this mineral rock. I'll tell you. Can I just say that the, the names for the tiers of Ironbreaker are especially good. Like, man, as I progress, I'm an Ironbreaker. I'm an Iron Beard. I'm old guard. Like, that is cool. Yeah. Really is. Uh, For talents, get commanding presence. Now you're at the point now where you're you have an aura 
yeah. I believe, yeah. emanating from, from you. But it's of authority. <laughs> um, those yep. with a lower status uh, may not resist your leadership tests with their willpower. Those enemies are still more likely to disobey, but um, the common folk will rarely stand against you. So it's good to get your way in town. I need you 20 guys over here. I need you to move out the way. Open that gate. Mm-hmm. I'm going through. Mm-hmm. Um, easily test on that. Um, plecable. You got inspiring. Uh, stout-hearted. Stout-hearted inspiring. is so good. <laughs> is very good now. Inspiring, um, that is where literally, depending on how many times you take the talent, and heaven forbid, I mean, talent taken, you can go up to nine. You know how many points that is? <laughs> That's a lot but, of experience. I mean, I could easily stop at tier two and be fine with commanding or influencing ten troops. Right. I'm cool with that. Yeah, uh, but if you go up to like like nine, anyone who can hear your inspiring voice, um, the level below up to a thousand, <laughs> an army like you're you're inspiring an army. Um, but you you can influence them with their leadership skill. And at war, so this pretty much, hey, we're going to battle. I'm gonna get you guys all riled up, well, as many as mm-hmm. I can, based off my level. <laughs> um, mm, yeah. Up and uh, yeah, stout-hearted uh, for trappings. Uh, I think this is great. You get a unit of iron breakers, a weapon bearing a master rune. Now, if you've looked at the uh, Horn Rat Companion book, and you kind of look at kind of kind of uh, a little things like 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 on page eighty-two, like you can have like a master rune of adamant. You know, mm-hmm. let's say it's on, on a shield. It grants a bear plus 10 toughness as long as it's in their possession. So you could work whatever rune I'm pretty sure you want to add to that we- that weapon. And there you go. This has a plus 10 weapon skill. Right. This hasn't been announced at all. But I, I'm hopeful that we'll see Rune Priest and in the magic book that's coming. And we'll have rules for Because in the second edition, the rules for like... Um, all the different dwarven runes that could be put on magic weapons were in the magic book. So I'm hoping the same thing will be here too. So maybe there'll be a lot more to choose from, which would be really awesome. I believe so. I, 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 we I even have runes? Uh, we have one. Isn't there one yeah. in the book as an example? Yeah, that's pretty much the only one. Yeah, the master rune um, of adamant. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I that's the only one I think I. Oh, uh, there's know a rune of, of cleaving. Um, Grants five plus damage instead of the usual plus four. What page is that on? Uh, oh, it's just 82. right under it. Uh, oh, Hathen yeah, yeah, under the sword. Yeah, yeah. okay, got it. Oh. Yep. So they give one. some examples, but I can easily see them once they get that magic book out. Yeah. I know they got to have a few pages on just rune priest, a page or two of runes be added to the web, the what we- the weapons. And I guess it'll be out. You would have to find a rune priest to get that rune added, and whatever adventure that might take, take you. I'm I'm just saying that once rune priest is an option as a career, I'm stepping down. <laughs> Somebody else is jamming because I'm playing. I might be an iron breaker. I might just be. Oh. I'm not gonna lie. Like I enjoyed the ranger, but like just listening to this, it's like. Oh yeah, I picked the Ranger. Like I should have went Iron Breaker. <laughs> Iron Breaker is awesome. Ranger is cool. Don't get me wrong, but the way I see it, Ranger is like 
it's like the scout in the army, and Ironbreaker is like the the anvil, the anvil yeah. of un, honestly, like elite I, troop, man. These two actually could do amazing together. Oh, I Ironbreaker basically oh, yeah. just hold the section, and the uh, ranger with his crossbow or his blunderbuss just take shots over him, just pepper shot him. Yeah. No, that's... Like they could work great together. Oh man! If I if we could get a ranger, dwarven ranger that had somehow had a whip for some reason. <laughs> uh, uh, I... We did the tangled rules on the other one. Just tangle them up, and the iron breaker just finishes them up. So yeah. I just want you to think about it. Imagine you're the GM, and your players come. You got three or four players, and they all come with dwarves. One's a, a Carrick ranger. One's an iron breaker. One's a, you know. Can you imagine? That Blast! Oh my god! Goblin, night goblin, uh, real ride all day long. And quite frankly, if you die trying to like clear out a goblin nest, then you died well. I mean, like, yes. yeah, that's that's the dwarfing way. Oh man! Okay, I'm really excited to talk about this, though. I think the answer is just one thing. Are we ready to move on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's do it. Let's, let's do, it. do it. All right. How might this character career? Uh, how <laughs> it's like I'm dyslexic there for a second or two. How might you fit this career into an established adventuring party? Did we just we skipped the ro- role it can fill, didn't we? Okay, I guess we can I do mean, that. I guess, um... <laughs> fighter, brutal fighter, extreme fighter, warrior lord, defender. Um, yeah. So I don't have this written here, but honestly, the the answer here is tank, right? I mean, mm-hmm. the 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 beastie. I mean, you get a little bit of leadership and support okay. in the higher tiers, like tier three and four. I mean, tier four, you get access to fellowship and you have some leadership-based skills. So you might make like a an okay face character in a pinch, but you're still building off the dwarf's base fellowship. So unless you rolled really well at the beginning when you created your character, you're probably mm. still not going to be you know, negotiating treaties with this career. So I, 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 I mean, come on this. I mean, there's, there's one thing this thing is good at and it's fighting and probably more specifically just holding the line. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Fighter, fighter, fighter. Do you get that? Yeah. I'm surprised you don't have a hardy for any of the talents. Yeah. So yeah, I, I almost think I thought about that, and then I thought if this if this career had access to Hardy, would it be fair? <laughs> this career because, is already uh, set up for tier one and tier two to yeah. maximize your wounds. Mm-hmm. Now, having I mean, said we're... that, I went no, we're not there yet. But yeah. synergizing with a career that has access to Hardy seems like a really good idea. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, let me learn this from you. Yes. <laughs> I'm unstoppable. I'm an ogre, but I'm small. Do you know Furious Assault? Anyone? <laughs> Anyone? <laughs> like those MMOs where you just like are shouting in the square like, does everybody know Hardy? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it takes me back. All right. Now, now you can ask your, your question about adventuring party steve <laughs> oh yes if you need a bodyguard a fighter a killer a wall uh, a door <laughs> to stop anyone from entering <laughs> this is your guy 
<laughs> oh, we we the door the door to the bank vault is broke, my liege. Oh, it's no problem. We got a dwarf ironbreaker on staff. I mean, they can probably see he's still into the room over him, but they're not going to get through. They, they ain't getting in yeah. there. Um, I mean, okay. So first off, I actually think I'm going to say this. I think that this is going to be a harder one to establish into an adventuring party, and here's the reason why. In the lore, Iron Breakers are not generally your adventurers that are going out away from the hold. They're incredibly, incredibly advanced warriors. They're the elite of the elite. They hold the door, the, the doors to the hold. Like every entrance to that hold that has protection has has Iron Breakers in it. Um, you know, and so. I think it's more difficult. Now, Steve mentioned earlier, you know, that sometimes there might be some kind of grudge or something that they'll go out. They'll often march out with their armies. Um, it's possible that someone very important might have, like, in the dwarven realms or somebody very important to a dwarf or maybe some heirloom weapon or armor that's incredibly important, they would want to send maybe some iron breakers to protect it. Um, I, I, it's It's harder. If you have a dwarf storyline, it's a lot easier. If there's some some reason that you're all dwarves being sent, it makes a lot more sense. But like in a mixture of groups, I think it's harder. I, I'm going to be honest. So yeah, there's yeah, there, I, there, I'd like to hear your be thoughts. There's no iron breakers in town. Yeah, yeah. And iron breakers not going to be at the bar drinking beer. It's some. It's going to have to be something so crazy or just timing on certain events just happen to work out where you might even meet one. Yeah. Any adventure in the mountains, you, you know, if you, it could probably be a good way to somehow connect it, um, in there, a uh, siege storyline, I think would be cool. I, I could see like anything. Uh... If you have a siege where, I don't know, an, an Imperial, an Imperial governor emptied his, his, his gold vaults, to hire some iron breakers because he knew that mm -hmm. the gate won't fall while they stand alive. Right. I, I don't know. You could look at some of some things like that, but it's not as easy. I think as like a ranger, a Carrick ranger is a lot easier. I think to, to fit into any party than, you know, here's one, you know, if you're tracking someone underground or you need to go through the underways, the old dwarven underways, there's no better guide for those than probably an iron breaker. He won't be alone. Yeah. Yeah. Be very quiet. Something else. Uh, something else I want to point out. I actually, I do. We said very quiet. There are some massive penalties to wearing a full suit of plate armor, guys. I just, if mm -hmm. you're not aware. Oh, yeah. Your belt is negative 10. What else is there? Negative 10 uh, per piece of armor. It actually comes out to like negative 30 or 40. Oh. Plus your perception has a negative amount when you're wearing the helmet. So... Hmm. Oh darn! Yeah, well, I mean, it's, not like, it's not like the Iron Breaker is really going to be looking for stuff, right? Well, their but, perception is that they just got hit in the back, so they're going to turn around and fight that now. But see, that's not the only problem. There's another problem I want to point out too for new players, and and that is uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, encumbrance. Uh, mm. Wearing all that armor, yes. it is very heavy. And even with the dwarf's built-in talent, which you know lets them carry more and things, 
um, it is very easy to become over encumbered. Now, encumbrance is a rule that I would usually as a GM tell you to like be very loosey goosey with. Um, you you want to be careful not to bog down your game with the minutia of tiny little details. But I also think that you really need to consider like you can't have a dwarf ironbreaker, you know, being like your sneaky rogue sneaking through, like make him test and make him have penalties. It's, I, I'm still surprised that they have stealth at all. It makes cause... sense for stealth underground. I mean, who's going to know how right. to quietly walk in the underground tunnels better than an Ironbreaker? But I at mean, the if same you're time, wearing a full suit of Grumroll yeah. armor, I mean, it's not going to make a difference because you're just clinking around. Oh, if I'm an Ironbreaker, I'm not going to lie. I'm going to put some major experience into stealth um, because I want to offset like not to be good at stealth, just to offset like the negatives. I mean, you're literally taking a test and you're only going to pass on a, a, you know, a one through five. So you have a five, per, you have a 95% chance of failing any, you know, that in, in every adventure I've ever been in, that could get your whole party killed. <laughs> yeah. True. True. Well, definitely, he's not the the thief or the stealthy guy because yeah, no. my iron breaker is going to be stomping, clinking around. <laughs> yeah. Enemies are going to hear him the day before, right? And prepare. <laughs> they're still going to lose. Yeah, he's still going to lose. Not... <laughs> <That's> yep. <laughs> uh, good stuff. So, I honestly would stay with Iron Breaker for at least the first two. Years, maybe even the third to get some of the talents. I, I'd be with that for a while, but synergy on moving on. I, I, I might want to get them maybe sort of tell. Um, I definitely want to get them some ballistic skill. Then, yeah, it, it's it's a tough one for me to decide where he would go because he's just a, a brute fighter. <laughs> All the way through, like nothing with ballistic skill at all showing here. Yeah. Uh, so it yeah, would be like true. starting from scratch. Um, what do you guys think? So I, and yeah. Oh, go ahead. Uh, sorry, I was gonna say anything. Uh, melee career, um, soldier. I think would be good. Yeah, I, I could see that with the skills. Soldier or guard, but that's basically those are the careers you could also pick, unless instead of the iron breaker. But honestly, that's the only thing I could think of that's good. I mean, even something that's mid-range, like oh, a, you know, like a Carrick Ranger, you could kind of do that. But no, I think it'd be a complete—I uh, wouldn't say a waste. But if you're not sticking with melee, all that's all the other kind of stuff just kind of meh. I think you basically stick with melee if you're going to move into any other career, right? So here's yeah. here's how I feel about it. Unlike the Carrick Ranger, which I would argue is more of a well-rounded career with the exception of like face stuff, right? Um, mm-hmm. you, you can do a lot with that. You can fill a lot of roles. The Ironbreaker fills one role. It fills it really, 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 really well. <laughs> mm-hmm. But it just does its one thing. It, it can fight in combat and it holds the line. That is what an Ironbreaker does. And so anything that helps you do that, 
um, gets you access to combat talents or, or toughness talents or things that make you tougher or stronger or fight better in combat is going to be good. So pretty much any warrior career, pit fighters, duelists, there's a lot of combat-focused careers out there that could really you know get you access to some stuff. However, it also means that any other career that you go into is going to help you shore up an obvious weakness because you are weak everywhere else. You're not good at support, not very good. When you get to the like leadership-based stuff, you can help support a little bit, but you're not going to help anybody like barter or gossip. You're not going to have any you know, fellowship based, anything that's really going to help you very much. Um, so you, any career you go in to get those, it's going to be like brand new to you. Um, meaning Mm -hmm. like you'll start to shore up some of those weaknesses, but I, I almost feel like it's not worth it. Like if you're in an iron breaker career, you're already here to be the best at what you do. And I mean, why spend experience that is not going to make you even more badass? The problem is, is, is in a, from a role play, role play standpoint, that can be a crutch, right? If you, if you only do really good at one thing, then you can feel like you're not involved or part of the group with everything else. If you're in a political intrigue and you're an iron breaker and there's only combat, like once every 15 sessions, are you going to be happy as a player? Some good role players that really enjoy the role play absolutely they'll they'll enjoy the failures as much as the good times but it's something to keep in mind so having said that i my my whole point is is this is one of those rare careers where it's so focused on one thing that i think that it's potentially could be a good thing for you to take almost any other career that helps shore up almost anything else yeah, and and, and, and always remember with endeavors you can always kind of uh do some other skills that might not be in your realm. So yeah, that's true. Because mm-hmm. this iron breaker. Oh my goodness. I, I think I'd go to tier three, which I don't say that with very many careers. Yeah. But it, it's just to get the full suit of Grumra armor and then careful strike, combat master, reaction strike. And I'll move on. Well, yeah, <laughs> but also to get initiative, right? A tier three, you get initiative and get perception. Yes. Um, huge. I could care less, honestly, if I'm building a, uh, an Iron Breaker for Melee Two-Handed. But intuition, perception, and leadership are all skills that I would love to put some experience into. And then look at those those beautiful talents. The Tier 3 <laughs> talents here are intense combat talents, yeah. and they're all really good. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I agree, Steve. I am also one that generally probably isn't going to go up to tier three. I, I might go to tier two and then potentially move to something else. Iron breaker is one where if I, if I'm doing the iron breaker thing to do the iron breaker thing, there's no way I'm not going to tier three. Oh man, you can make this adjust, uh, the fighter of fighters, yep. you know, with the endeavors, depending on how long your campaign is picking up extra skills to add on to the way you attack and defend. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's good stuff. And then with perception, like I've been exper- experimenting with Heinrich in our role playing with perception because sometimes he's just standing there. But if I roll for, for perception, at least he gets a plus one advantage. Right. Go for whatever he might do in the future. Um, and it's worked out. Um, some shots have been missed, but whatever. You know, it's Heinrich. Yeah. Uh, but, <laughs> it's just Heinrich. Yeah. But once you get to that point, it's great. So. All around, I like this guy a lot. Um, bad synergy, 
Uh, entertainer. Yeah. Is, I mean, uh, technically, anything that's not comedy. Hitler. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know. <laughs> and, and you're a dwarf, so you're automatically shut off from anything that's magical, right? So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's true. Yep. Which, in, and in a lot of ways, I think in this system, any anybody that has access to magic is already an, alt, an awesome support character, right? So getting yeah. magic is probably the quickest way for you to become good at support. And, um, you know, anything that's dwarf, a dwarf can't do that. So it's, you have yeah, to do it yeah, the fast and way. The cool thing with the dwarves though is what, when you create your dwarf, that's one of like the beginning things that you can get is where you can oppose magic. Yeah. The resistance to with magic. With a willpower yeah. check. Yeah. Which is one of the first things that you can get on the tier one. Mm-hmm. I thought that was great. Now, if anyone does any magic or anything, you're already rolling well. <laughs> Um, would defeat it. So, what type Ooh. of player do we think would most enjoy this career? Guy that likes to attack. Yeah. Oh yeah. Going in first. Okay, buddy. <laughs> yeah. The I I agree. The player, the player that is carefree, the player that doesn't understand that this is Warhammer and not D anD D. You know. Like Leroy Jenkins, that's right. Leroy (laughs) Jenkins, Leroy Jenkins is the guy that's that's gonna play the Ironbreaker because he'll jump in and he'll probably survive long enough for the rest of his party to get there. (laughs) He doesn't have to talk much. (laughs) Axe does all the talking. Uh, I was gonna say this is not a dig at anybody that does this, but I think the person that would enjoy uh, playing the Ironbreakers. Is the person, um, like if you go to somebody's house, they're the person that like is cooking the food for the uh for the group. Basically, you just roll some dice, like, all right, I gotta go flip the burgers. I'll be back in 10 minutes when it's my turn to roll another attack dice. Like, it's not like you're doing anything else. You're basically standing right there and it's like, all right, uh, that's 12 successes. All right, 40 damage. All right, I gotta go back. Burgers are still going. So that's like I said, if that's who I think would uh, the food makers. We'll say right. that. That's the group. So I want to point out two points here. Um, number one, um, while this can be an okay choice for a new player, I'm not sure that it actually is. It depends if they're new to the system, but they're not new to role playing. I think this could be a really good because it's a one trick pony. They don't have to think about what they're doing. I know I I hit and defend, but you immediately run into the problem with shield rules. Um, someone that's new to the system, if you don't have a GM, yeah. like I can tell you right now, I don't know shield rules well enough to mm-hmm. take a new player to this system. I would have to go and really read that article and make sure I know shield rules well enough because it's complicated. Right. You would literally have to have like index cards just to lay it down right in front yeah. of you because with this character is not – it, it, it's great for a beginning player to that just wants to be able to swing and attack and not do too bad. But I mean, if you really want to use his skills, talents, and where they mesh and combine, and you re, you really got to do your research, especially with the shields. Um, then yeah. you get all the attack rules and all the special bonuses you get with charging with the shield. It just yeah, it, it can really mind boggle the beginning yeah. player. So, and it's that, that's the only reason, I mean, the other thing is, is if somebody's brand new to role-playing, in my opinion, 
you want to give them a play a character that can do more than one thing um, because they're going to get bored um, or, you know, uh, depends sure. on the yeah. person. Right. But some people just don't enjoy the role playing aspect. Like in, some people do. Some people, you give them a one-trick pony, and they'll have fun. They'll never roll dice the entire game, and they'll have a blast, right? But <laughs> some people, that's not the case. We didn't get combat today, and I play an Iron Breaker GM. This is not fun for me. You need yeah, to consider I don't that. really need to show up. Right. And and if that's um, the way that... And, and I'm not saying that that isn't an okay way to feel. It's not the type of group I tend to run. Um, I, I've We've run uh you know uh sin- scenarios or or episodes you know sessions where we roll dice one time and it's some of our sometimes it's some of our most favorite sessions um <laughs> but like i but i also realize that sometimes people put a lot of time and effort to building a character and they build up this iron breaker and if combat only comes once every 10 sessions or something I mean, that's what, it, so I, I know I'm saying, I'm more talking about what player wouldn't enjoy this career than would, but I think you need yeah. to know that in order to inform the people that would enjoy it. And plus you kind of need to know, like, like, like if you're joining a group, you need to know what type of an adventure the group's on. Like they're mm-hmm. lollydolling through the woods, mm-hmm. exploring. Yeah. I might not join your group. Now, yeah. are, are you going through the yeah. mountains trying to like find this treasure piece that was lost from a Dwarven stronghold? You're trying to find it, and when you do find it, you're going to take it. Yeah, that might be more up your your right. game. So I'm both on this. It's if if you're a first time player, it's going to be nicer to have that attack ability. You already have armor. You don't have to say much if you don't want to. You don't even have to know a ton of the <laughs> skills to use right. them. It may come in time. You know, once they find that they like to play the game, then of course they'll learn more about what their character can do. All around this this guy shouldn't die in your first round. Yeah. Yeah. No. That's true. If he does, he's the last guy. But if he does, then it means you've been using uh the Imperial Zoo. And (laughs) 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 and and that razor dragon um probably should not have been the first thing GM that you put in front of your brand new party. (laughs) New GM. How was I supposed to know? (laughs) Yeah. Good stuff. Um, final thoughts? Go ahead, Nolan. Uh, it's a good career. Like I said, I always enjoy playing martial characters, so this is something I would definitely enjoy playing. But I can also see people being mad if, yeah, if we only have combat, you know, once every five sessions. All right, I can't do anything, really. I'm not built for that. So, but overall, a very fun career. All right. You want me? Yeah. So here's, I would sum up my feelings with one word, and that word is hold. This career is about holding. Like when, and and if you can get that in your mind, like this is the career in the awesome movie where the, uh, think of the Lord of the Rings or the Hobbit movies where those dwarves slam their shields into the ground to make a shield 300. Wall. Yeah. Yeah, the 300. 300, yeah. yeah. Dude, this is 100%. That's this, this career. This career is, I will hold, I will hold this pass. Like, Gandalf me, man. You shall not pass. That is an iron breaker. And I, I think it's awesome. 
but you have to, and, and, and I think it's a lot of fun, but you have to understand the downsides of this career. Number one, if you're following the rules um, at all with encumbrance, you got to keep an eye on it because you're carrying around a ton of armor. You are not going to be stealthy until you put a ton of experience into, um, you know, an agility based skill that you can't raise agility on. Um, you are going to have perception issues uh, for a while because of your helmet, your armor. Um, and the rules that you would use just starting brand new in this career to fully understand the capabilities of how to use your shield because there's a parry skill that goes along with it and a bunch of extra stuff that you can do with it is not simple. You need to go and learn that too. So you have to keep those things in mind. Having said that, um, as long as you don't mind, it's kind of a one trick pony. You're a fighter and, and, and a tank. And if, if you're happy with that and you can have fun role playing with your group, even if you're not getting into combats, um, but when the combat comes, your, your group, your wizard, especially is going to say, get in front of me because nobody's getting by you. And I think that's the that's the beauty of this career. It is the elite of the elite of tunnel fighters. It is the elite of the elite of like the dwarven anvil. And um, I think it's an awesome piece of lore for Warhammer. That's an awesome career as long as you understand the downsides. And I'll say it again: hold. I absolutely love this character. Every time I think of this guy even walking into a room, I get like the Terminator song going on in my head. <laughs> yeah. You need your spar stool, your bar, and your keg. Because <laughs> even if I'm not fighting with this guy, I would have a blast. Like, he still is a dwarf. He's a gruffy dwarf. Still, you know, they still have a good good time. Um, and, and, and just knowing that you can pick any fight almost with any basic fighter and win i mean just armor alone i mean you're gonna last and win um so i think this is a great uh, uh starting character i think it's a great like if you really want to get into it advanced with it all the way to tier three or four um you're gonna be rich you're gonna benefit it hey you're gonna have a unit of iron breakers mm. uh all around this 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 guy's just a beast and you can do so much with them and by the way by tier two range explosives i'm gonna get my stock from von holes quality lamp oil (laughs) 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 but man there's just so many cool things you can do like i don't have to use my axe i'm gonna chuck a bomb yeah (laughs) yeah i need to clear the top floor hang on (laughs) and you don't really gotta be accurate with bombs right uh, just start the fire. They will come out. Uh, but all all around is is just I like the guy. Um, the more I've read into him, the more just the skills I read. I would definitely he would be like a kind of a character if Conrad were to ever die. Maybe this would be on top three. Ooh, of something I might really? take. Man, well, that's yeah. high praise. I like folks. It. I like it. Old worlders, <laughs> that's high praise from Steve. That he would consider even consider anything to be on the list after Conrad. Because I know you love Conrad. I'm terrified that one day I'm going to kill Conrad. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> oh man, and that is the Ironbreaker. <sighs> right. So, uh, we will move on to our character build off. 
now that our review is complete, we're going to put our creative juices to the test with a build-off. All of us each have taken one of the two careers we just described, and, and we pretty much made a character in the hopes uh, to outdo each other in a contest of coolness, creativity. Uh, we'll put them to the test and have you, the community, vote and tell us who wins the contest. So here are the rules. Each of us will be signed one of the careers we receive, and we then must create a character using the normal character creation rules. In addition, once we have completed character creation, we receive an extra 1,000 earned experience to advance our characters however we like. So now that we create our characters, we'll present them, giving a little bit of background and taking you through our character creation and advancement process, explaining why we made the choices we did. Um, who uh, wants to go first? I want to say I can uh, go first. Okay. I'm going to see what I... All right. So, uh, my character is the Carrick Ranger. So, uh, I did not get the species. I think uh, I think I even know it's, you know, roll or choose. I usually like to roll three times just to kind of see what I did. And I ended up with uh, two humans or a halfling. So, nice. did not get a dwarf. Okay, uh, also, did, I had to choose my career because I did not get um, Messenger, which is what I needed to be able to choose a Carrick Ranger. So, uh, got no experience for that. Um, my attributes were pretty decent. I decided, well, like I always do, is just take the first roll and see how it is. Uh, highest one actually was my Agility and Ballistic score, which is... Uh, very nice. So, and my lowest was actually my weapon score and strength at a uh, five and eight, respectively. Um, but because I'm a dwarf, you know, I'm not getting plus 20, so a, a random assortments. And I ended up with willpower as my highest, uh, and fellowship with my lowest. Uh, for sounds starting, pretty dwarfy, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I put all five of my advances into strength. Um, and I kind of did that because I wanted to do a little bit better um, with dealing damage uh, when I connect. Uh, I know I can do weapon skill to be able to, be able to hit something. But um, I wanted more damage for when I actually do hit. Made uh, my fate and resilience. Made that two and two across the board. Um, when you're a dwarf... You start off with zero fate and two resilience, and you get two points. I always just kind of make that even, so two and two. My motivation is long shot. Um, in my character, in the one I have in my head, I kind of want to make him like an expert marksman. So that's kind of like what I was going with. I was born under the glooming star, so nice. I got plus two wit. <laughs> um plus two willpower and plus two initiative, but I had a minus three fellowship with, um, I'm a dwarf. Uh, it's not really important, <laughs> especially with, uh, the Carrick Ranger, which I never get fellowship. So, uh, fellowship ended up being a 17. Ooh, ooh that's yep. bad. <laughs> it, it really is. <laughs> um, so I have cool melee, basic and endurance as my plus five advances and consume alcohol, war geology, and lore metallurgy as my three. Um, for talent, you know, 
I just get my normal dwarf, which are magic resistance, night vision, read write, strong minded, and sturdy. Uh, for my 10 advances, I took 10 in perception, 10 for trade, uh, cartography, 10 climb, 5 endurance, and 5 outdoor survival. So, a decent amount. And then I took in, uh, implacable as my starting talent. Excuse me. Uh, so, uh, then basically for my extra 1,000, like I always do, I immediately jumped and left, uh, for an incompleted career. For 125, I took 10 advances in ranged black powder. Nice. Uh, I took scale sheer surface and mm. rover for 100. Put 125 for track 10. Mm. 125 to bump up my ballista skill by 5. Uh, jumped again for an incomplete and then 100 Did experience you just go to tier 3? Yep. Nice. I went right to tier 3. Yeah. Uh, because accurate shot lets me do extra damage with, uh, range. Um, I believe plus one for every time I have an accurate shot talent. So, um, like I said, I wanted my motivation to be long shot. And, uh, I think that really did it. So, uh, just kind of a quick overview. I have, uh, 47 for ranged black powder. Ooh. So, a pretty good there. Uh, let's see what else. Melee basic was at a forty, so it's still not too bad. Uh, too reasonable, bad. Reasonable, reasonable. Yeah, reasonable. Uh, short term is get a better gun. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and here's something. Uh, just because I was, uh, I thought would be pretty fun. Uh, for my long term, uh, hunt down a greater demon of Nurgle. Ooh. Yeah. So very much of a uh, end game goal. I was nice. like, you know what? I think that would be fun. Just something completely out there. Yeah. <laughs> Which also ties into my uh, short-term goal of get a better gun. Right, right. Okay. Okay. Uh, and my character's name is just Sternbeard. Sternbeard. Nice. That's a good dwarfy okay. name there. <clears throat> Sternbeard was just a normal dwarf that wanted to protect his character. He was called Sternbeard because of his sour and dour deposition. A pretty good shot and able to withstand much of the elements, he became a ranger to help protect and open up new roads to his hold, staying out for decades at a time. However, one time he didn't scout out a road that he beforehand thought was undesirable as a road connection. In his folly, a horde of goblins were able to sneak up on the path that was not guarded and able to butcher the inhabitants. Sternbeard does not know what befalls his beloved hold, and soon his shift will be up, and he will return back to his hold to discover it is nothing but a waste. Ooh. Ooh. So you have, uh, you, you, you start the game not even knowing the terribleness. Yeah, that's my character doesn't know what's oh, going back. Like, that's cool. this would be like in the like movies where it's like, you know, yeah. like I'm two days yeah. up and I, you know, I'm the, the dwarf that's looking at a picture of his wife and kids and not knowing <laughs> oh, that back no. home that's is so just sad. a wasteland. That oh. is, that's ouch. That's um, rough. Mm -hmm. Poor Sternbeard. And that is Sternbeard. Um, do you want to go next? Uh, I can. Yeah. So, okay. I did uh, Scalf Grimshield as my, uh, my dwarf. So... 
Obviously, I I didn't get the dwarf when I rolled for it. I actually did when on my three rolls, I got a guard, which is one of the two options for an iron breaker. So I got my 25 XP for getting the uh, career I needed. Uh, is that the first time that's ever happened to for any me? Of us? I think. Okay, I was gonna yeah. say I have, I've always had to pick. I've always had to as well, but. Yeah, so that was, I think so anyway. Yeah, so that was pretty cool. I have another first here, though. My rolls were terrible. Like, very, very bad. The highest roll I had was a 12. (laughs) And I had, like, some threes, and it was just not good. And so... The weakest, dumbest dwarf ever to walk. (laughs) I know. So... You should have kept them. Yeah, right? <laughs> I mean, I considered it, but I already had something in mind for my character. So I did something I've never done in the system ever when making a character. I used the rules for allocating 100 points across. Okay. Um, so there are some restrictions for that. You can't do less than, I think, four. You can't do more than 18. And it has to add up to 100. But even with that, I mean... I I added up what I rolled and it was still seven less than a hundred. It was ninety three. So I'm like I rolled bad. <laughs> so so I did that. So it's the first time I've ever customed this, and I can tell you it felt kind of like cheating because and here's the reason why because I can end up making most of my stats either a ten or a five ending right. So making sure I got to that mm-hmm. next success level break. Um, because bonus. it wasn't random, yeah. The 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 bonus, yeah. The you know the the attribute bonus. So, so but with only a hundred, like I could have even average rolls. I feel like I would have rolled better than that. Um, but anyway, so uh, I didn't do anything too crazy. I um, you know, it was kind of a very dwarfy thing. I ended up with like a, a you know a thirty five in weapon skill, thirty five are in toughness. Uh, you know, a 40 in dexterity, 45 in willpower. So nothing like very dwarfy. Um, I went ahead, took my five advances in toughness. Um, I uh, evened out, had a uh, two resilience, two fate. Uh, my motivation was obligation. We'll get to that later. Star sign. I rolled up the witching star, which there are some obvious options there that have to do with talents that give you access to magic, which don't work for the dwarf. So what I ended up getting is six cents out of it. So that was an interesting one. Species skills. Uh, on my five um, advances, I took lore dwarfs, lore geology, trade smith. Um, and for three advances, evaluate language castellid and lore metallurgy. Remember those lore and trade skills. Um, so talents, uh, normal dwarf talents, magic resistance, night vision, read, write, strong-minded, and sturdy. And the career skills I took, so I put five into, a th- I, I actually wanted to complete my career, unlike uh, Nolan, who uh, you know, who spends to just skip ahead. But uh, yeah. He was a first tier three. I, I think so. Is it? I don't think we've uh, ever no, had a I tier used- three, have we? A tier I feel three? like my wolf can. I thought my wolf can went up to tier three. I don't know. I, I don't, always feel I like, don't like, think so, but maybe. maybe not. All right. So if you remember, there are ten skills starting for Ironbreakers. So I put five in everything except 
for endurance and melee basic, believe it or not. Um, and then I took the talent warrior born to get me the, the five extra yeah. for weapon skills. So normal class trappings, nothing crazy there. And, uh, moving on. Uh, so spending experience. I went big spend really quick here. I went ahead and put um, plus 10 into toughness to bring it up to 50, which brought my wounds up to 17. Um, and the reason I did this is because I desperately needed my encumbrance to go up so that I wouldn't be unencumbered. <laughs> so my uh, max encumbrance went up to 10. Uh, then I put five into willpower to bring that to an even 50, which also brought my wounds up again to 18. Um, and then five into weapon skill to bring that to 45, then, uh, five into melee basic to bring that up to 50. Um, then I spent a hundred to move to iron breaker. Um, and then I put five into melee parry to bring that up to 50. I put full on 12 advances into gossip. Um, it, we'll, we'll understand that later. And then two into leadership, um, then I went put five into my strength to bring that up to 35. And then I put one into range explosives because got to have access to that skill, baby. Yeah. So that's Skelf Grimshield. And so Skelf, he was an apprentice or, well, I guess before I move into that, just a basic breakdown of stats. Important stats are trade armor smith of 45 and then a 50s and melee basic melee parry. And then in 40 into gossip, which is important as well. So moving on, Skelf apprenticed as a smith to his father while growing up in Carrick Zifflin. While he was still young, he became enamored with the Brotherhood of the Ironbreakers. He took as many smithing jobs as he could from the Ironbreakers. Eventually, he befriended several. While they allowed him to train and drill with them, Skelf's clan were smiths, not warriors. Skelf, however, had a plan. Um, even though he wasn't, uh, it would be like some dishonor for him to potentially go to the Ironbreakers because his father so much wanted him to take on the smithing job for him and his clan. Skelf learned all he could about the lost suits of Gromo armor and the history of the hold and every piece of Gromo armor that had left the hold and never returned. So if Scalf could potentially go out and find a full suit of Gromil armor, maybe he could come back and all the honor that it brings to his father and to his clan, they would allow him to become an ironbreaker. So that's it. He, uh, that's, that's Scalf, uh, Grimshield. And that's his story. Pretty simple one. Nice. Nice. All right, Steve. What do you got, man? I'm afraid. <laughs> Guys, I have right off the bat, uh, my character's name is Guntor Stoneside, aka Gunter the Greenskin Hunter. <laughs> circle. Oh, I love it. So right away I roll a dwarf and a soldier. So I'm thinking that's no. a good start. Nice. Oh what? yeah, right. I I didn't. I oh, didn't. Oh, I was gonna oh. say <laughs> I was like that. That would definitely it never be works that way. <laughs> so I, I got zero points for either one of those. You know, I, I picked the Iron Breaker. 
so for my original roles weren't too bad it was either like mid 40s or higher 20s and i'd won 17 man which i gave you all was my on roles fellowship uh, nolan i had the same amount 17 <laughs> for fellowship yeah. Um. I ended up. I just relocated the values around. You know, based off of kind of what I was better for me. Initially, these were my initial stats. Uh, weapon skill fifty-two, ballistic skill twenty-seven, strength forty-four, toughness forty-nine, intelligence twenty-six, agility thirty-three, dexterity twenty-eight, intelligence twenty-six. Uh, willpower 43 and fellowship all the way down to 17. All right. So uh, starting fate, well, ended up, I have uh, one fate. I started with zero. I have one. I, I want one. Uh, my final resilience is three. Hmm. Uh, my motivation is slay evil, do, evil doer. So be man, prefer, for, preferably a goblin. Um, for my advanced characteristics, I put all five of my advances into toughness, which brings that up to 54. Hmm. All right, my star sign, he doesn't know. He was born in a tunnel. It could have <laughs> been any day. It could have been a full moon. Who knows? My species skills. For the five advances, I chose intimidate, which will play a role later. Cool, another role later, and trade any. Um, skills with three advances, Lord Geology, Lord Kazalid, and Lord Dwarfs. I figured that might be helpful. Uh, for my species talents, I got Magic Resistance, which is awesome. Uh, night Vision, Eden Right, Resolute, uh, plus Strength Bonus with a Charge. And I got Sturdy plus two Encumbrance, which will help with all the armor that we carry. Uh, for my career skills, uh, the 40 points we get, I, I chose to put 10 in Intimidate, uh, Dodge, and Cool. And the other ones, Athletics, Climb, um, Endurance, Entertain, Singing, Language Battle, Melee, Basic, Stealth, Underground. I just scattered the rest. They're like two points each. The talent I chose was Warrior Born uh, for the plus five weapon skill. Of course, Class Trappings, we get clothing, thankfully. Uh, hand weapon, dagger, pouch, uh, career trappings, you know, we get the full deal. Breastplate, open helm, bracers, legging, shield, large axe. Like we said, that's like one of the only careers where you get the full suit. Uh, brass four, I rolled uh, 41 pennies. Oh, that was uh, yeah, not too bad. That'll buy a few beers. Um, so Gunter, he is 125 years old. Ice 410, hair earth brown, eyes reddish brown. Of the earth brown and reddish brown, uh, I think those were the harder roles to get those. Uh, my short-term ambition is get Gromril armor. The long-term ambition is to find the dragon's eye sapphire. One and only. All right, so uh, this is what I did with my points. Kind of right away, I, I spent 100 to get enclosed fighter. He can use his dodge in close quarters. Um, I spent 100 uh, for the Strike Mighty Blow talent. Uh, of course, it helps with just wounding uh, the enemies. It's great to have. 
Uh, I spent 75 points uh, for plus three advances to weapon skill. And with all the advances I've done, now brings my weapon skill to 60. Um, I spent 190 points uh, for six advances to toughness, which now brings my toughness to 60. I spent 185 points for plus seven advances to my willpower, so now my willpower is 50. Um, I spent 350 points for 10 more points for the Intimidate skill, which is now 69. And I spent 20 points for another plus one skill point in dodge, because why not? Now it's 484. So I had five points left. Uh, but this guy I made just stat-wise, I mean wounds, now he has 21 wounds. This guy can, his cool's at 65. Harm animals at 50. Consume alcohol without any advances is 60. His endurance is at 62. Intimidate, which is what I made the character at, is already at 69. My main goal is he just intimidates. Intimidates and gets people to do what he wants. Really basic, you know, is already at 61. Um, that's pretty much like the higher stats. With all the other lores, like... Trade Smith. Oh, I chose Trade Smith. I, I figured he'd be a Smith, just at least in a little for, small way. Um, but all of, like the lores for the dwarves, uh, the language, the just the dwarf lore, language battle, they're all around like the high 20s, 30s. So all in all, I kind of made him to be just a guy. And plus Dodge, I got him up to 44. Really? So really just. Yeah, so really he's just like an all-around really badass guy. And you never um, left tier one. And I didn't leave tier one. And <laughs> I probably wouldn't leave tier one for probably an, another campaign. And then once my everything's up a little bit more, <laughs> then branch off. That's what you can do with tier one guy. Yeah. Um, I still can't believe I rolled. I, I got 17 for fellowship. So he's not the most talkative guy. <laughs> so here's my story for Gunter Stoneside, a.k.a. Gunter the Greenskin Hunter in some circles. Um, he is not a happy lad. Uh, he's been trudging around the mountains and rolling hills for going on 60 years, give or take. Not that he cares or thinks about that. Uh, he survived the sacking of a small hold at Kurek Udan all those years ago. Uh, he should also be dead, but he isn't. He, really, he relives it daily. Black-robed goblins on all sides stabbing at him with spears. He blocked and fought against their weight and spears. He lost his ground inch by inch until there was no ground left to fall back on. Uh, he fell off the stone bridge and it was a long fall. He remembered seeing their goblin leader standing on a now crushed statue of Igorn steel spike holding up the Carrick's most treasured relic, Dragon Eye Sassfire. His goblin tribe around him with raised bloody spears and shouting his name, Snickerack, Snickerack. Hunter hit the water. Would awake on the river shore far from home, somewhere unknown to him. And that's when the grudge hit him. It's stuck in the grudge. It's turned him it's turned him into a dwarf that only seeks vengeance or died trying. He goes after any news and any and all greenskins he sees or hears about he will not stop until he has the dragon eye sa sapphire back into dwarven hands. <laughs> Nolan, oh, we that need to up is, our game. 
That is yeah. Gunter, and mind you, if I were to be playing him, I would be intimidating the heck out of anyone. <laughs> that's so. I that's mean, that's a good thought. How do you how do you make up for your obvious lack of fellowship? Just put it all into intimidate. That's yep. 69. 69. <laughs> like, yeah. oh my goodness. Oh, that's awesome. Well uh, done, Steve. Is the dragon that, eye cipher actually something? It is now. <laughs> oh, okay. I didn't know if it was like an actual like if it was a reference to something. Um actually, um, isn't that what Conrad has in his dagger? He has like a dragon mm. eye sapphire. Maybe not the one that's Gunter needs, but yeah. of a kind. Oh, or that would be maybe now. <laughs> yeah. Don't forget to is. send me your character sheet after this, Steve. <laughs> oh, that I would love that episode. So, I mean, just for a beginner like Ironbreaker, not even leaving tier one. If you had a thousand points, let's say you've been campaigning for a year. I mean, just to see what you can do is just like phenomenal. I'm just intimidate. Mm-hmm. I've never used it much. If you're rolling at 69, yeah, based on what the GM yeah, gives you, plus 20 or, you know. Plus one I mean, more session really... would be all you need to bump that up to a straight 70. And, yeah. yeah. That's, that's ridiculous. That's awesome. Well done, Steve. Good job, guys. Yeah. yeah that was good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was that was very good. I, I had a very simple um one this time i didn't go super convoluted but i i felt like my simple one was good but nolan with your uh your your character not even yet knowing right that's that's cool and then he's going back and he yeah you don't know (laughs) and and what is it gunter the green skin hunter is that what it was (laughs) yep gunter stone side or prefers gunter the green skin hunter that's all that's cool (laughs) So, oh man, awesome! And those are our characters. Again, we posted polls on our webpage and on Twitter. Be sure to vote and tell us which character you like the most. So, intrepid listeners, keep in touch. Let us know your questions, feedback, and even show topic suggestions. You can contact us multiple ways by checking out our website at www.oldworldpodcast.com, at Twitter at Old World Podcast, or Facebook at facebook.com/oldworldpodcast. And while you're checking us out on the various social interwebs, be sure to hop on over to our Patreon page and support us. If you like what we're doing and want to help out, become a patron. For only a couple dollars a month, you can help support the show and get some cool rewards too. Check us out at patreon.com slash oldworldpodcast. Also, let us know what you think. Visit iTunes or your preferred podcast service and rate us. Every review helps us reach even more Warhammer fans. All right. And this is Lance. Normally, I would say something about saying good night and something else but i'll just leave you with one word hold this is steve speaking for gunter stoneside if you see a dragon eye sat sapphire it's his and he'll be coming for you and this is nolan saying it's five shillings a night if you want me to guide you or four casks of bugman's best your choice this podcast and related website are completely unofficial and are not endorsed by Games Workshop Limited or Cubicle 7 Entertainment. It is intended for educational and informational purposes only. GW Games Workshop, Warhammer, Warhammer Fantasy Roleplay, and all associated logos, illustrations, images, names, creatures, races, vehicles, locations, weapons, characters, and the distinctive likenesses thereof are registered trademarks of Games Workshop Limited, Cubicle 7 Entertainment, or their respective trademark or copyright holders. 
All original content of this podcast, including any audio or video information, is the intellectual property of the Old World Podcast and Crimson Tower Studios, LLC. 